pal. All right. Well, we're live and we're refined. Oh, baby. All righty. All right. Oh, come on. You guys didn't get that? Gold. Well, we have a jam-packed show this evening on the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. As Kevin pointed out on Twitter the other night, probably the quickest return of a guest ever. As That was like three hours ago, Matt. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did that. The last three days have been a whirlwind for me, so uh, so I apologize for that. But uh, Miko Maestro, he's going to try and join us again tonight. Maybe he'll call 45 minutes early like he did last time. Uh, at least this time he didn't ruin the fact that it was a surprise. But he's joining us tonight at 730. Uh, he does know that's East Coast time, right, Tony? Yes, he does. Okay, I like it. I, I want to get a peek behind the curtain, right? When we book guests, we usually confirm them like days in advance, like Five o'clock. Tony's like Miko's confirmed. He's well. He's calling from Tacoma, Washington. He probably got my fucking package. That prick. Miko took a pico. Hold on, I have to take a lico. Yeah, that's right. There you go. This episode of the Shining Wizards podcast is brought to you by Broken Skull IPA. Available at all your local. Drinkery places. I don't know. I Total found wine. It. Total wine and more. Found I found it. it. I found it at ShopRite in Morristown. I got a, a four pack for my father. I'm going to give it to him for Christmas. I don't think he's going nice. to like it because he drinks fucking Budweiser. But Stone Cold's his guy, so he might try it. I mean, I, I drink Bud Lights, and I don't hate this. All right, so. fair enough. My father's probably been drinking Budweiser longer than you've been alive, and well, he's my father, so he's he's. Hey, listen, Joe. Joe knows Budweiser. Joe, that's about all. Joe. Knows. <laughs> hey, God, I just remember like the old Fourth of July parties on who's that, who's that Pat's house. Yes. <laughs> my father. My father knows Budweiser. My brother, for some ungodly reason, when he was like twelve years old, knows that he was going to buy ECW shirts in extra large. And then find them fucking twenty five years later and give them to me. Oh wait, so those are your brother's shirts? Those yes. were, those weren't your purchases? No, all my I all my ECW shirts are long gone. Dude, same here with my WWF ones. From I think I had a good run from like ninety eight to like two thousand five, where I just bought WWF shirts. I had like a Raven one that's super hard to find. Uh, the Kurt Angle, it's true, it's true. The Taz one, which I still have, that we got signed at that show oh, that four sh- years ago. I still have my ECFNW shirt. I have my ECW Hardcore Wrestling shirt. I have the Heart and Soul shirt from uh, SummerSlam. Nice. Ooh. That's a good point. I, when I got rid of my wrestling shirts, um, when I stopped watching wrestling, I had all my ECW shirts. I had my Starcade 97 shirt was in there. Uh, oh. I didn't have a lot of WWF shirts. Even during the Attitude Era, I never owned an Austin 316 shirt. I didn't have any DX shirt. It was like ECW. Matt, can I cut you off real quick? Yeah, buddy. I want to stop talking about shirts and start the show because the shirts might be the subject of my top five. Oh. So I want to cut that off and let's hit that intro, baby. Just now it's just like like come on let's go i thought it was it was let's perfect go. if, if it worked it would have been perfect people want soundboard tony back they're tired of old man tony let's go hit the fucking button let's go ahead. Hurt. See, I 
Uh, that would have been perfect. Jeez, I can't talk. Uh, no. Would have been. The following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network. Broadcasting live on RantiumRadio.com and available on all podcast platforms and at ShiningWizards.com. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Check out our merchandise at Merch.ShiningWizards.com. Do your Amazon shopping at Amazon.ShiningWizards.com and become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast. As always, we thank you for your continued support. And now, enjoy the show. This is the Horror King, Vinny Marcellia from Ring of Honor, and you're listening to the Shining Wizards podcast. The last one there gets the axe. What's up, fuckers? I love the big package. And he's got those smelly balls. The fuck are you talking about? Fucking <laughs> loser. Fuck the Shining Wizards. What's up, everybody? This is Kevin from The Shining Wizards, and you're listening to The Shining Wizards. Yeah. What? Tony. What, what was that, Kev- Kevin? Matt? Yeah. That was my I... Kevin impression. That's a terrible impression. I know. Wasn't it great? If you're going to do it, do like the hand-up radio voice that I've learned so well over the years. No, you do the, hey, what's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? This is Shining Wizards, Kevin, one-third of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Tony and Matt already introduced themselves. No, Matt didn't. Thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) How you guys doing? Matt thought about it, then he's like, I'm quitting this stupid show. (laughs) Oh, you... Not if I keep finding these fucking gems at my parents' house, I'll tell you that. Ah. I love, I love the random find. Oh, he was like, that- he was in his fucking, he's like, he's like, hey, you want a Taz t-shirt? And I was like, what? Which one did you think it could have been? I had no clue. Cause I'm like, why would my brother have a fucking Taz t-shirt? He's Hold like, on. yeah. He's like, remember when I went through that phase where I would buy extra large t-shirts? I think I have a Raven one around here somewhere too. Dude, I bought, I was never more than like 135 pounds, but all my shirts were all XLs. I have no idea why. I think it was because, like back then, like you were wearing like Jen- I was wearing like Jenkos and like and like punk rock shirts and and extra large was just what you got. You just answered your own question, dude. That's exactly why you guys were buying extra. Well, large. I mean, I didn't I didn't know it then. I was not. That's a, that was that was that was uh, Jelly Nuts. He was buying the extra large shirts. Jelly Nuts. So I got right. this. I got the Francine four sixty nine T shirt, which I got uh, kicked out of high school for. They sent me home that day. So wait, that one was yours. I couldn't imagine why. No, that was my brother's too. But I was like, dude, I got to wear this shirt. Uh, <laughs> that's incredible. Those are some gems. I tweeted. Uh, I tried to mention uh, my dear, good personal friend, Kurt Hawkins, because he's a big Francine Mark. No, uh, to no avail. I think yet. he liked our tweet on Twitter about it. 
Oh, you did? I didn't see that you tweeted it. Yeah. Awesome. And Francine, uh, she she quoted it too. Classic. Francine is the best when it comes to Twitter responses and engagements. She's uh, she's great. But great scores. I love the the random finds that you just don't expect to see. And they just pop out of the woodwork. And oh, baby. Like that Taz shirt for those who are not watching on uh, on Facebook, it's orange and black attack. It's got the T, uh, the, the T from the FTW Taz old school cartoon image. Uh, it's incredible. He's got the, the signature Taz pose. Kind of looks like he's doing his best Shining Wizards Matt pose, actually. So Matt actually designed that shirt. Oh, look at that on the back. Look at that that T. Can't see it because of the glare, but there's a T there. It's a uh, it's classic classic ECW shirt. It's got rage. And then the definition of it on the back, um, just phenomenal. And I was thinking about it when I was getting ready for the show. How come all these guys, like ECW doesn't, I don't know if these designs are property of anybody. Like with pro, like so many of these ECW shirts are like people long for them. Like why can't, like why doesn't Taz like, use all these old designs and put them on pro wrestling tees. Those shirts would fucking fly. That's a great question. Cause Meanie has BWO shirts still. Right. Uh, you don't have to put like the ECW on it. If you just put world television champion, I mean, he owns fucking FTW. Just put fucking FTW champion. The f- I don't, these, the old ECW shirts are awesome though. They're great finds. I was so excited. It just kind of capped off my fantastic week of, wrestling related stuff go on yeah i just i watched a shitload of wrestling um i ordered aw series two went back on sale on ringside about an hour ago so i got my second set so i could have one mint and one open Um, you're 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 a nut job oh it's i'm out of my mind out of my mind my wife is going to murder face me so where will the aew figs be in or on display they'll be in this room we we uh we'll be getting a couple more uh detolf zigglers oh yes it was uh so i've i've completely just given the idea was finish the basement at the house at some point and then all the shit can go down there but i've slowly taken over the spare bedroom with all my collectible stuff and my wife with her hobbies The basement is more suitable for her hobbies. So I said, take the whole fucking basement. May I, Matt? You may. Your wife likes shooting guns. She does. How is that that more suitable in a basement? Seems a little counterproductive, shooting guns in a basement. Well, Kevin, she will not be shooting guns in a basement. But if you want your gun to shoot properly, it needs to be cleaned regularly. Uh, Ah. And she likes to do a lot of arts and crafts and, and such, and she's very handy. She builds things. She makes things. So ah. the basement is the perfect place for her. I said, you take the whole basement. And if we don't have to finish it, like a mega like finished job, then I don't have to spend a shitload of money. Yeah, and you definitely don't have to finish a basement if you're going to be using it primarily for woodworking and crafts. Right. So it's just uh, it seems to be the direction we're going. So uh I'm going to need a couple detail because we got this wonderful dresser behind me uh, that the TV is now on, and it is full of unopened wrestling figures. Oh. Hey, Tony, how are you? 
I'm doing awesome, bro. <laughs> I want to remind everybody out there that you are listening to us live on The Rant, rantiamrieta.com. You're checking us out live on Facebook Live. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, thanks for the downloads. We're available everywhere. Uh, watch a lot of wrestling this week, Kev. A lot of wrestling this you week. You too? Fuck yeah, man. That means two-thirds of the podcast watched wrestling this weekend. Kev, no, not this weekend. The whole week. I mean, oh, the whole week. We all watch wrestling, man. Wrestling's good. That's what we talk about all the time. Yeah, it was for a, the most part, it was really good this week. It was a hot week. We came out of, of last week's uh, way overbooked, fully loaded show that's available at ShiningWizards.com. And check it out because we had three awesome guests. Um, Logan Creed, Sledge, and Gabby Ortiz. Sadly, Gabby didn't even make it out of the first round of the Synergy uh, women's Garden State Invitational. Uh, it ended up being Tasha Steeles and Holiday in the finals, and Tasha Steeles walked out and challenged uh, Casey Navarro uh, at the next show. So, yeah, they're doing a lot of inter- intergender stuff over there. All right, all right. I mean, I feel bad for Gabby, but, I mean, you can't really argue with a, a Tasha Steeles uh, as a winner there. Newark's own, Brick City's own, I think, right? Yeah. I yeah, believe so, good. yeah. And she's a hot, you know, hot commodity in uh, Impact. She's in uh, the final four of the women's tag team tournament. Um, but we'd be remiss not to speak about Impact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you dick. <laughs> Go ahead. Take, oh, do you want me to tell you what the time stamp that was? Yeah, what was the time? Was about, that was about 13 minutes and 25 seconds. That was like... That was almost like Wolf Yet It. <laughs> but that was that was. <laughs> I have a knack for it. I don't know why. I'm just good at it. I'm not just, good at a lot, but I'm good at that. You just plow through. That's that's all. You that's it. I can't <laughs> he even, stop. He didn't I even can't. sell it. No. He didn't even sell it. <laughs> Come on. Over nine years, I know. I just have to keep going. And look, it's harder when we're doing this show like this through zoom, if we're all in the same room, then we can let it simmer and have a good laugh about it. And Tony can play it a fucking bazillion times. Oh, we're having a great laugh right now. Absolutely. <laughs> we should be. Uh, so yeah, I was talking about the women's tag team uh, tournament and impact. We're down to our final four teams, but of course the big news going into Tuesday night impact, Kenny Omega, Don Callis going to be on impact. Uh, Kevin, you are our resident impact guy. Uh, you live tweet every week. You crushed it uh, between Tuesday and Saturday night final resolution, which I have uh, some questions about too. Cause I saw we had a lot of developments come out of that, but do you feel like a, uh, not a W Jesus Christ impact wrestling. Um, I don't know. Kind of missed the boat with this. No, not at all. So you thought what they presented during the whole show is what newer fans should associate to Impact Wrestling? In terms of the Kenny Omega stuff? Just in ter- like you had all these new eyes on the product, and I just feel like Impact really wasn't – they didn't give you that like – you know when like Impact went to Monday nights and they gave you like fucking AJ and Samoa Joe or whatever that crazy main event was. Do you, like. do you also remember what they gave us on Monday nights? They gave us the Nasty Boys. They gave us Orlando Jordan. They gave us uh, – I mean, they gave us Jeff Hardy, which is great. They gave us Jeff Hardy. They gave us Ric Flair, which is great. But they gave us 
Jeff Jarrett. Uh, well, Jeff Jarrett's great, but they gave us X Pac and Scott Hall in both of their not greatest times in their lives. I know. So, was, I think I remember like a card playing thing, and Val Venus was there. Val Venus was there. Which, he was playing like strip poker with the knockouts at that time, I think. <clears throat> and I just know this because I literally watch that Wait, show at least once a month. Go ahead, T Doc. Is that the is that the show where they went head to head against Monday Night Raw? Yes. Oh, so that's also the episode with the bird cage that fucking poor homicide couldn't climb out of, right? Yeah, that's where Jeff Hardy showed up. I felt so bad for him. I'm like, how the fuck is he going to get out of this? He's been wrestling for 15 minutes. Sure enough, not getting out of it. Everybody just sat around just watching him. That was horrid. Horrid, horrid, horrid. Well, anyway, getting back to to, to Matt's point, I think all the eyes there were were for the... um, what what they were going to do with AEW. Let's be honest. That's what it was. And if people's expectations were too high, that's on them because impact is taped weeks in advance. So this, this was going to be a pre-tape inserted into, uh, in, into the show. I think anyone smart enough, I'm not disparaging anybody, but anyone smart enough kind of saw that coming. I, so I just go ahead. wonder if they had any kind of advanced notice, if they would have been able to maybe put something different together, or was this a last minute thing where it was just like, you know what? It's in the can. Maybe we could do some overdubs for the commentary, but you know, Kenny's not going to be there anyway. It's just going to be a uh, live to tape or, or pre-recorded, which nobody knows anyway. But and here's the other thing. No one really knew. And we still don't know how long this is going to last. Matt brought this up last week. So if this is a longer term thing than many people initially thought, do you want to give it all away week one? He's going to be back on week two. And who knows? Uh, I, I honestly don't know TNA's or Impact's taping schedule. So I don't know what their plan is. But the fact that he's going to be showing up again and was on final resolution, it's a pretty decent little sign. And if it leads to something bigger, you got to let it grow a little bit, I think. This is uh, to, to circle back to what Kevin was talking about. This is what The Observer said. Uh, it appears that Impact Wrestling isn't quite done with Kenny Omega just yet. In this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that AEW World Champion will be on this Tuesday's edition and will headline at least some Impact pay-per-view shows. There you go. So That's, get, get the money. Yeah, no, look, tons of their fucking Twitch exploded. Uh, if you listen to the Wednesday night crew, um, they tuned in to Twitch and watch Impact, which is something they don't normally do. Uh, a lot of people tuned into Twitch, and I don't have the number. I should have got the fucking numbers. I'm sorry. It, I think it was like they saw because I'm on Twitch. That's how I watch. Right. I don't watch on Access. I watch on Twitch every week, so you can kind of see the numbers. I think, and I don't know if this is good or bad because the only time I'm on Twitch is for Impact. I think it was like 50,000. I think it was roughly, they said 44,000 where they typically see about a thousand per week. Yeah. So but, I think it's a, that's like, it's a pretty damn good increase. Um, well, of course. I mean, everybody tuned in to see Kenny Omega. So what that was is a lot of people that just normally watch AEW checking it out. You know, um, I couldn't, I couldn't watch it on Twitch. I had to stop between all like the commercial breaks. And then they were showing like, old old wrestling matches and the what? feed was just non-stop like you couldn't read what anybody was writing on the side so i had a bail on it i wound up watching. who cares about the chat 
Well, I do. I, I like I like seeing what people are thinking. Well, you then you're, all right. Well, that's a different story. Then if you're watching to engage and and, and do that, that's that's one thing. If you're actually watching to watch because you don't have access, it's different. My first point was I was trying to watch, but then it would take these commercial breaks. You'd get a commercial, then you'd start getting just some like random match from TNA history, and yeah. I'm like, how are you supposed to follow what's going on in the actual match when there's like three other directions they're pulling you in? Well, I, I don't know if these are shown on access. I'm going to go ahead and guess that they're not. Probably. But, I was watching on Twitch. But it's 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 to sell. And I actually had this conversation with a, a random old buddy of mine who reached out who watched Impact for the first time. And he was like, what's up with all these commercials? I'm like, well, I don't think Twitch can air the same commercials that a cable company airs. There's advertising agreements. There's certain licenses that you just can't do. And plus, they're trying to sell Impact Plus. So why not show old matches to get subscribers for Impact Plus? And That's not, what I took away from it. And why not show old matches that had AEW talent in them? And they do that every week, Matt. Every week they do it. it if it's not like AEW, it's WWE, guys. Well, it's look, Seth it's, Rollins. It's, it's brilliant. I mean, I get it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Who doesn't want to see fucking Samoa Joe and AJ Styles? And, and you me not in the middle of a match that I'm trying to watch during their regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, but Tony, I th- again, I think it's just because they don't have the rights to show the regular commercials, and there are regular commercials, but just like typical YouTube ad type things, and then I, they go to a match. I'm completely honest. Like I, I watched it subsequent to that, and it was fine. Uh, I forget where the hell I watched it. it might have been the YouTube stream or, you know, when it was on YouTube subsequent to that. But watching it on Twitch, man, it, that's the no-go for me, brother. I, I couldn't fucking take it. So on Axis, they drew 221,000 viewers, which is up from last week's 166,000. Yeah. And on Twitch, at the height, uh, it was 52,000 views at once, which is huge for them. Yeah. That's big numbers. They're gr- they're great numbers for like compared to what they've done and and I remember I, last week we kind of joked that they're going to crack a million views I don't think anyone really took that seriously but three hundred thousand views give or take it's it's better it's a start and if this if this gets better and the storylines progress I can see them going up a little bit more again I don't think they're going to get because AEW did almost a million views uh, I don't think they'll they'll get there at all no. No, well, but, because to your point before, it's all this stuff has been taped already. So my point yeah. was, it kind of felt like they were, you're, you're, you know, Tony's never watched Impact before, but he's gonna watch because because Kenny Omega um, is gonna be on. They don't. I, I really don't think Josh Matthews and Madison Rain do a good job. So nope. I, you know, Chris Saban and Josh Alexander on paper is an excellent match, you know, but. The, and, and again, I don't know how far in advance this was, you know, they did a commentary to this. You know, you know that you're going to have a lot. You know, when you decide you're going to have Kenny Omega on impact, maybe you need to go back and re-record so you can tell the people that are tuning in for the first time the importance of this Chris Sabin josh Alexander match. Okay. All right. So you did a complete 180 on me. I thought you were going to say that they should have hyped up Kenny Omega being there more. No, because they started that with the opening package, but then you have all these new eyes. Like, introduce all these. Tell me the backstory between Chris Saban and Josh Alexander. And I just don't – I think, again, I don't watch Impact every week like you, Kevin. I think the no fans thing, their ring is so fucking loud. 
See, I don't think so. I don't know where everybody's complaining about that. And it, I think Kevin mentioned it too with MLW a couple of weeks ago. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't think it's loud at all. I could just be used to like, like seeing wrestling in a loud ring and being around that. But that, that didn't bother me one bit. What bothered me is when I used to watch impact on regular basis, um, what's his nuts doing commentary? Josh Matthews. It hasn't gotten any better. I don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Look, Kev, I'll give you a perfect example. Kurt Hawkins maybe did something nefarious to help him win the match. Like no, maybe Kurt never Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. He's well, listen, professional. I think I think my I think my monitor might have gone out when that was happening, but I just right. you know for, for argument's sake. You know what? That's well, weird. Every time Yano does something in New Japan, Kenny Kevin Kelly's monitor goes out too. It's weird. It, it must be a thing. I don't know. But so Josh Matthews being the babyface announcer is not supposed to say, oh, that was smart. He's supposed to say he cheated. He's Call not a baby. Face. He's not a babyface announcer. So they have two heel announcers. Madison Rain, Madison Rain, I think, is more of the babyface than Josh Matthews. She came across as more of a heel to me. Because she's I mean, shitting uh, on Matthews, too. Unless I'm totally misreading my analysis, Madison Rain is the babyface and Josh Matthews is the jerk. Well, then somebody should have sold the fact that he was cheating and no, neither one of them did. So boo Bukaki on both of them, I guess. I don't know. All right. There's a great choice of words. <laughs> yeah. I'm, in terms of Hawkins, I think the whole thing is that's his gimmick. Like to me, he kind of resembles um, when Mr. Perfect came back in like 2002 and they wanted to like make him be Mr. Perfect, but he would cheat at everything. So he really wasn't perfect. It was a really like shitty thing to do to his character, but in 2002, you had to, you couldn't be 1991 or 1990, Mr. Perfect. So to me, the fact that Kurt Hawkins, Brian Myers, is the most professional wrestler, but he cheats all the time, I think that's almost understood at this point. But sure. I, agree, I agree. If they if they didn't sell it, and I can't recall 100, percent if they didn't sell it, then that's a bad job, bad job on them. But. The two uh, words out of Josh Matthews' mouth were, that's smart. He completely didn't fucking sell it. I don't know. Maybe I'm picking nits. I don't know. I get I get accused of complaining too much. I, I don't know. No, I mean, I, I called you out of your mind last week, but that was about it. Huh, it is what it is. <laughs> Ooh, Rain is just a bitch. TJ Vegas is jumping in with the hot take. I like it. So, well, you know what? What did, TJ, what did he say? What did, what did TJ Vegas say? He said, Rain is just a bitch. TJ Vegas, um, and I, I don't think this is any any surprise. This isn't some groundbreaking news, okay? He's the one, Tony, who said he can't fucking deal with your fucking pissing and moaning on Twitter. Well, I know. I know. We'll have to change the show just for him. Attaboy. Now, I don't, Attaboy. Look, I don't know about changing the show, but, you know, I, you got your nice ho, ho, ho T-shirt on tonight. For those who are watching on, on Facebook, you should be every Monday night. Um, but yeah, and then <laughs> William Mercier Jr. He chimed in. Kevin's got his Ghostbuster T-shirt on. No, you know what this? You, you remember this shirt? Unfortunately, I do. Ah, <laughs> T Donk. This was a gift from T Donk, I believe. Yes, it was. And a Just Bustin T-shirt. Still available for some tees, I think. No, um, this is the only. This, as far as they know, this is the only one that's in existence. No, you you can't still buy that on Pro Wrestling Tees. No, you're you're joking. Okay. According to our dear friends, this is the only one that exists that they know of. Anyway. Wow, that's pretty hot. You know what wasn't hot? Speaking of fucking impact, 
that woman's tag match for that tournament. Are, I, are, we, are we talking about impact from Tuesday or final resolution? No, no, impact from Tuesday. What, Rosemary and Taya versus uh, Kimberly and Deanna? Listen, four women that could absolutely go. This fucking went nowhere for me. This did a nobody any favors. I thought it was horrible. Really? Yeah, I didn't like it at all, dude. <gasps> yeah. I see. I'm completely there. I thought this was a great match. Get no, it, I didn't like it. I think it was a lot of slop slops, a lot of like a lot of like standing and staring around and setting things up. It, it was very disjointed to me. I don't I don't get it. I, I mean I, there are four four great women. Uh, I thought right. they meshed well. I thought it was, a, you know, it's not fucking 10 stars at the Tokyo Dome, but I don't think it was a terrible match at all by any means. I think the... I was distracted because the ring was too loud. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I thought, it, I thought they were all over the place. I don't know. Listen, don't... T-Dog, this is America. Fuck yeah. You're allowed to have your opinion. Apparently not. I disagree with it. Vegas. <laughs> oh God. I wish I could see what he's saying. I want to see what everyone's saying. Um, but the big, the big, the big crescendo at the end of Impact was the Don Callis, Kenny Omega, Josh Matthews on the tour bus uh, situation, and I don't think um, they really bl- let anything huge out of the bag. I thought it was kind of what you thought it was going to be. No, it was just kind of there. the The real unfortunate thing was they pretty much said all the same shit again on Wednesday on, on dynamite. I don't, I don't think there was right. any difference that was discernible between either, either promo. So then it was kind of like, what was the point of doing it on Tuesday other than just to do it on Tuesday and then do it exactly the same way on Wednesday. It was just weird. And I think again, that comes down to you could, and didn't we talk about how AEW may have, I don't know if that was with you guys. AEW may have also been taped as well. AEW was taped Wednesday so, night's show. Was so taped. the promos were similar. Be- I, I gotta attribute it to that. I don't know. It was just so that's of... that's. Uh, Tony, I, I get, I, I get, I get your point, Tony. And I'm sorry, we're we're uh, firing back and forth here. I, I get your point, but I I attribute it to it being taped and being done so quickly. But again, I have no, you know, no verification or justification for that opinion. Just my gut. I don't know. It was weird too. It was like, why did Don Callis have a 27 year plan to take over a promotion that wasn't in existence 26 years? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like all the shit that Kenny did in New Japan and all, all right. the shit that he did First around all, the world. Shut fucking literal Tony, 27 years. Shut up. No, he said this was 27 I, years in the making. I know what he said, but he didn't necessarily say 27 years ago yeah. we thought we were going to take over Impact. You fucking literal Tony. Jesus Christ. No, it's not literal Tony. My point is, why was this moment more important than any other moment that he had? Why was it more important than his moment over Okada? Why? Why? Because I think now it's going to transcend over multiple promotions. Oh, fuck. Fucking, what was it? Foundation shattering? No, that was that was Tony Khan's words. Of course. Um but it's, his uh, it's 20, fail, 27, failure to deliver tweets. 27 years in the making for their, them to put this plan in motion, not take over fucking Impact Wrestling, Tony. Yeah. Industry shaking. Thanks, Kratzo. Kratzo. Kratzo's got my back. Right, I got to get in this Facebook. Hello, Mr. Kratzo. Um, I think the biggest thing from 
Tuesday night's Impact show is before this interview, they won't let Rich Swan in. Yeah. And they, and they won't recognize him because he's the world champion of Impact. So I think they're planting seeds. And I think Kenny is going to go and collect belts from fucking everywhere. Kind of like what the Hardys did a couple years ago with the Expedition. Yeah, but the Hardys weren't, you know, you collected belts at Impact, and then you collected, like, with all due respect to, like, North Carolina all elite wrestling in, like, in front of fucking 40 people in Podunk, North Carolina. You know, he's got the AEW World Championship. He's got the AAA Mega Championship, which is an awesome fucking match against Kid Laredo. Uh, It's on YouTube. The whole show is, but there's a couple... Matches used to see, but that match is awesome. Um, I mean, who knows? Does you know? Kid Laredo. Uh, it's on YouTube. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I want to get into Facebook. I want to. I want to interact with our with our fans. The most professional podcaster. That's, That's right. right. I'm a jerk. I'm sorry. I'm a jerk. I'm a big fat stupid jerk. No, you're fine, dude. It's technology. What are you going to do? Uh, so yeah, I think- it's technology. It's turning the volume down on your phone. It's it's easier than taking a cat off your table. Can I <laughs> I think Matt, I think you're really starting to hate your cat, dude. You're like flinging that cat everywhere now. No, Nellie's just very she comes, she has to lay all over the place. It's just very distracting to everything I have going on here. Gotcha. So I understand. She, there's a chair on the other side of the laptop. She's fucking sleep on it all she wants but i don't want her on the table she wants there's to be drinks, near you bro. there's drinks there's two laptops there's too much a lot of notes i got a lot of notes can't have hey, no the porridge huh fucking reads fucking patreon i can't i can't have the cat I, to wrap to wrap up impact i do think that the rich swan segment was important i thought that was great that he was like who the fuck does this guy think he is and uh yeah, so moving forward with that, I'm interested in seeing something. Something more than just Kenny's going to be on impact. Let's let's take wh- it somewhere. Why why do you, why are, have you turned into that guy that can't be patient and watch a story develop? Why do you have to have something now? Because what was the point of him going to impact if there's not going to be something that they're starting? Because it boosted the impact numbers and impact is taped. It's all taped. They can't have him go out there and wrestle a fucking Rich Swan match. Uh tonight because there's fucking nobody there these matches this is all taped until fucking hard to kill or whatever the next pay-per-view is hard to kill i think that's it right so but having him show up every tuesday means more people are going to come back and watch and now does rich swan get to the bus at final resolution somebody else made it to the bus carl anderson and they fucking hammered him about him not being g1 carl anderson it was fucking great it King was, of the No Cell, Carl Anderson. It was great stuff. That was great. Fucking Cody Diener turning on Cousin Jake was heartbreaking. Because I love them as an act, man. I agree. I but agree. Fucking Cousin Jake has superstar written all over him. I'm fucking pumped about that. They, I think Cody Diener does too. And he's been around for a long time. They had words on Tuesday on Impact, didn't they? Like one of them was like, this is my fight or I got to yeah. win. Because he wanted to prove to Eric Young that he's not a nobody. Him and Eric Young have been up and down the roads together forever. And then and... he fucking lost anyway because he's a fucking loser. <laughs> oh, get out of here. How dare Cody you? De- Cody Diener is a saint. And Matt, I agree. Jake something is a beast. I lo- I'm very excited to see what happens there. Uh, fucking our boy lost his X Division title. It's fucking shenanigans. Because they they made no effort to cover up fucking TJP's million tattoos. I know it's him under the manic match mask. 
It's the manic mash. We do the mash. It's a manic mash. We do the mash. Well, it's a graveyard mask. We do the mash. <laughs> Motherfucking. Come on, Scott Damore. What are you doing? You just letting this happen? Shenanigans? He's the money, bro. No. It's sweet con money paying for promos time, you know? God, I'm such a big Rohit fan. It's it's unbelievable. I know. I was disappointed when I saw that result, too, my friend. Yeah. That uh, so, that promo from Tuesday Night Two was fucking hysterical. The commercial ad paid for by AEW. Oh, he's like, Tony's my buddy. Hey, Tony, what's going on, Tony? You're my pal. And, so, and like, hey, didn't you work? The best line was, "Didn't you work here?" Yeah, I, I was here for one night, eighteen years ago, and I, and I quit the business. That was good. It was, was fantastic. Good. God, that, and that, that was a Twitch exclusive ad. That wasn't that wasn't aired on the show. I don't believe. No, it wasn't. You're right. I didn't see it in the, uh, well, at least in the replay anyway. Yeah. Good stuff. Awesome stuff. Um, just a couple other things. Uh, Hernandez beat Fala, and then the girls didn't have the money. Sons of bitches. Now, ref and Kira Hogan with that slow count. Twerking. Well, Fala had a three count waiting. And that was a, that might be the definition of a Haas fight because those boys. Lots of beef. Oh, my God. It was fantastic. Um, we talked about Manic. Uh, yeah. Deanna retained against Rosemary. Uh, yep. Carl defeated Ethan Page, and then it looks like the North is no more. Josh Alexander took his jacket off, and, and he stormed out of the ring. Jacket off. Jacket off. And then uh, Rich Swan and, and Chris Bay. I mean. There it is. What can you know? What what do you expect to be said about a match of that caliber? It was oh awesome. my! I, th- I think I think the bigger story was was uh, I mean the match was fantastic, obviously, but Moose coming out after and then just handing the belt to uh, to Rich Swan, trying to figure out where he stands and, and what that relationship is, and eventually we're gonna see them go at it. And dude, I'm telling you right now, like Moose, Moose, I, I, I don't know what they're waiting for with him. Like what are you doing? Like what do you you have Moose under your under your umbrella for the last god knows how many years and just give him the give him the the top guy push he deserves. Yes. Push. Give him a push. Oh my push. My goddamn push. Oh, gotta get gotta get gotta get my push. Gotta get gotta get my push, guys. But no, but seriously, sometimes you just gotta say it. I need to take a picture of my junk for Instagram. Let me go get my feet done. Poosh. You know what? I think uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with this story with the moose. You know, he's got his. What if what if Kenny Omega beats Rich Swan and then he's the Impact Champion and he runs around for a couple months? What better way to turn Moose into a megastar than have him beat Kenny Omega and bring Mega that moose two belts. bring that title back to Impact? I like where your head's at, Matty boy. And I think that maybe a lot of, you know, if everybody gets to working together and Kenny goes out and he collects all these belts, it's only going to help every promotion. And then to have him lose these belts, Kenny Omega can take a loss. He's not, you know, him him losing. I'm going to get the spray gun in a minute. and just. No, I just, lo- I just love it how it's the same direction yeah, every, every time. time. It's, it's like I'm watching like the Muppet show. It's like, a, it's like a Muppet walks across and you don't see it again, and then it comes right back across Every the same time. way. Like you uh, don't see how it got there, but it got there. 
you know, uh, him losing like the Impact World Championship, Kenny Omega, isn't going to hurt because it's an outsider who won the title, and now here we have Moose who's been there forever, and he's he's staking his claim to what belongs to him and Impact. I think. Let, could... let me ask you this, guys. Because AEW, I, I don't. You guys, we said that it was taped, but is it taped every week or is it live every so often? I, th- I want to say it's every other week. It's like rolling the nineties because of the COVID restrictions and everything, getting people to travel. There you go. So, so they're live this be... week. So, would it be terribly inconvenient for Impact and their storytelling to have Impact guys show up on AEW? I. I think it would. I think it'd be something that's more feasible because, in, like, uh, AEW is live this week, so you can like you said last week. Like, uh, I see fucking Beefcake is in the crowd. Beefcake was there because oh yeah, because they were there and they taped a match for Dark, which airs tomorrow night. Yep. So you and it's not the first time it's happened. You've noticed like Bobby Wayward and Bowens before Bowens really made his debut. Like they're there on a Wednesday, and then we don't see them till the next Tuesday because they're taping dark matches uh, either after Dynamite or before. That's right. So I think it, it's plausible. Yeah. You know they're they're live this Wednesday. They're doing their tapings. So Tuesday. So if we want this relationship to really gel and really be something and really make waves, you got to have somebody from uh, from Impact on AEW for it to be mutually beneficial. Sure, but you have to pick the right time. You can't just have, you know, it can't be like, um, I don't know, Bill DeMott showing up on Raw and just throwing a fucking moonsault. I mean, with all due respect, the WCW invasion, which I'm still watching very slowly, but you know, when you think WCW, with all due respect to Lance Storm and Bill DeMott, those were not, those weren't the the guys you were go when you were a WWF fan. You weren't going yeah. to war against the Bill DeMotts and the Lance Storms. You wanted Goldberg and Ric Flair and Sting, uh, and of course we know because yeah. of the contracts and bullshit. But you know, you can't just have Rich Swan run in the middle of the fucking Cody Rhodes Angelico match for fucking shits and giggles. It has to. If you want it done right, I think it needs to be during a meaningful match. Or Rich Swan is on Kenny Omega's bus, and then Kenny Omega goes out after a match or something and sees Rich Swan sitting in his bus and gets pissed or something like that. The possibility we'll have to tune in Tuesday night. We will have to do that. But join right. us once again, his triumphant return. It's the following. I... He's on. Miko. Hey. There he is. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound good, my friend. How's everything? Uh, life's good. Life's good. I mean, you know, as good as can be during the pandemic, but yeah. How are you guys? We are hanging in there. We are hanging in there. We were just talking some uh, some invasion talk from the old 2002 WWE. Uh, something in your wheelhouse, something in your time frame that you remember? Well, the invasion, uh, I mean, I had those stuff like in VHS tapes back in Finland. Um, that's around the same time I started watching. Is it like the O three in you know the O two invasion with Survivor Series and stuff? Oh one, when was the early two thousands? Yeah, where where the winners take all and, and it was WWE versus uh ECW and WCW, all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know what? There's one thing I was thinking about that the other day. What happened to Buff Bagwell? 
Like he came from WCW to WWF for like one episode or so, and then he disappeared. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, he oh, was, yeah. Do you remember back back from WWF? Oh mm-hmm. man. It was his debut. Uh, it was the debut of WCW. They got the main event slot. Uh, Scott Hudson and Arn Anderson did commentary, and it was uh, WCW champion um, Booker T. T. Yeah, defending against Buff Bagwell, and the match was apparently so bad that uh, Vincent, uh, Kurt Angle, and Steve Austin out to to throw Booker T. out of the building, and then they <laughs> yeah, and, and then they. And they beat the shit out of Buff Bagwell. Yep. And then and then and then Buff Bagwell's mom called in sick for him. <laughs> oh man, they had some good stuff with Buff Bagwell's mom back in WCW. Oh, they put her on a forklift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing that. Oh my goodness, how did that company fail, man? That's so many, so many good ideas, and so many waste opportunities. Like Robocop went to save Sting. Oh my goodness, good times, good stuff, guys. Oh, hold, hold he on. just went. You like a twenty-year gap from one to the other. <laughs> it was oh, like yeah. Ro- no, RoboCop no, happened no, in like nineteen ninety, and then Judy Bagwell was on a forklift <laughs> in two thousand. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you have to remember, you know, I started watching wrestling. It came on Finnish television like in early two thousands. So all this WC stuff I used to download with Kazaa. If you guys remember that program on your computer, so I download these like fifteen-minute clips from random <laughs> WCW episodes. Like, I never figure out how many members were in NWO because of that, you know. Sometimes there's many, sometimes there's only three, you know. It's all, all you know, bits and pieces for me. And then I had the games on Nintendo 64. So that's uh, like creating a puzzle. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's Nico, let's, let, let me ask you now, okay? Since you use, uh, you're such a hot shot over there all of a sudden. All right? If you're, <laughs> if you're, the, if you're the booker, if you're the booker, who are you going to have stay, save Sting? That can pull apart the cage. RoboCop was the man. <laughs> oh man, that's true. I don't know. I mean, I think that was like if they had like Abdul the Butcher over there, or so it was like late eighties. Then I, I would have like Schwarzenegger with Conan costume coming there with the sword and everything. Is there? A, I mean, they uh, had the money. They could have pulled it off, you know. Is oh, yeah. there? Is there like a Finnish superhero that you would have used? Like El, I don't know, El Supermano? I don't know why he just El became Supermano. <laughs> well, they're really, but it's funny that, do you guys remember, remember the Phantom? The guy who was living in the jungle, dressed in, uh, like, what is it called, Violet costume? Yeah, 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 the purple he had costume, yeah. Coloring. Yeah, that's like the number one superhero in Finland. And it's not popular anywhere else in the world. Like, my parents' generation, that was the only superhero they had. So he's kind of Finnish in that sense, you know. We can adopt the team because the whole world gave up on him. But uh, the Finnish newspapers, they used to release his comics. So the Phantom would be a great choice for that. That would be awesome. I miss the old days of Kazaa. You didn't know if you were getting your music, a video, or 400 viruses to infect your computer. (laughs) Yeah, I think I got them both. I think I still have some. Yeah. All potluck, all potluck. Have you? Uh, has anything changed since uh, we last spoke to you? Um, any, any, anything going on up in the Pacific Northwest? Is uh, is everything still kind of locked down? Have, have there been any shows coming back? Uh, no, I heard that like in Washington they had uh, they had this uh, promotion. I haven't visited there, but they have like ring with five corners. It's called Five CC, and they started running like live stream shows. So that's like the first shows that I've heard in any Pacific Northwest recently. 
So I guess wrestling is is coming back little by little. So, uh, you know, funny thing, just before I called you guys, I was actually talking with somebody about wrestling in the UK, but I don't think the situation's any better over there. You know, I think it's just even worse. They're going to have like full lockdown there soon. But yeah, tough times, tough times. I, I had no idea when wrestling is going back here full time. But hopefully soon. It's pretty much the same. You know, it's it's been pretty much the same here for the past seven months or so, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're right outside of New York City, and it it seems like uh, not not so much where we are. I don't think. I mean, we still have the same restrictions in place, but I think uh, I think New York's getting ready to shut down again too. So it's uh, it's kind of unfortunate the way things are going. You know. Have you have you been at least able to um to to train or work out? Oh yeah, man. You know, I've been doing home workouts so much. I put the pull up bar there, and now I'm like a CrossFit CrossFit master, guys. You know, I, I didn't do that. Before, I mean, the gym's closed. Now they're back open, but at first training home because, you know, that's, that's my cup of tea. But yeah, there's some uh, oh, uh, some rings are available, you know. Unfortunately, some of the venues, since they're closed, so it's kind of tricky. Like, uh, you have to find a place to set it up. But, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's there here and now. You hear, like, the word gets around, like, hey, there's a free ring for four hours. This is the date, you know. But it's just nothing regular going on right now. Yeah. All right. We are on the line with the uh, Finnish superstar from FCF over in Finland, Mr. Miko Maestro. You can follow him on all the social medias at Miko Maestro. Of course, I know we plugged it last time. Miko Mania caps, fanny packs, T-shirts. Go over to BrainBusterTees.com. Search for Miko Maestro. Good stuff. Um, we started talking some old video games last time, and I don't think we really uh, did much more than scratch the surface with that. But uh, were you? Did you have access in Finland to the stuff that we got here, like Nintendo sixty four stuff, uh, like uh, No Mercy, uh, WCW World Tour, you know, games of games like that, the four players on Nintendo? Yeah, uh, I had the WWF No Mercy, so it was released in Europe as well. So that was cool, and I. I had the WCW Revenge, but I bought that like years later, you know. I just found it in the States once, and I was like, oh man, I gotta try this out. So those are the two that I have on N64. But I definitely had some No Mercy, and still, uh, I mean, I haven't been in Finland for a while, but as growing up, you know, growing up men, me and my friends would sit down, have a couple of beers, and play uh, No Mercy with our own created characters. All right, so, yeah. Miko, Miko, that's where I was gonna go, because someone on this podcast... Um... What? Don't fucking throw your hands really? up in the air. No. Really? Tony created himself as a wrestler, and he was like the ultimate, ultimate, like, he could not be beat for, don't fucking flex, okay? I was a wrestler, and I was unbeatable. Come no, on, you were not. Johnny Scumbani couldn't do an insiguri. He couldn't do a moonsault. <laughs> you couldn't do any of that shit, and you were, un- no matter who you picked to play, as The Rock, Stone Cold, no one could beat Johnny Scumbani. And when your dirtbag fucking cousin, <laughs> FFB, came along, you two jerk-offs, it, was, it took the fun out of the game. Mika, when you created your wrestler, were you, like, fucking invincible? Or come on, fucking Johnny Scumbani. Uh, I, I, I don't think it really mattered about the stats. Uh, I don't think you put in your stats with the characters, right, on that one. You just check the moves. I, I haven't played that for a while, but... No, no, I mean, I got my ass kicked. I was the jobber of WWF, no mercy, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But hey, speaking of no mercy, I oh man, it was funny. I was talking with this promoter uh, from San Francisco. We talked about WF No Mercy, and he said that they used to play it like three-way dance, and everybody would put fifty bucks on the line. And sometimes they would like invite their friends over, and they, they would like, um, how do you say? They would fix the match, you know. Like two of the guys were in the deal together that another one was going to lose on purpose, so they can split the fifty that they hustled from their friend. And I thought that was cool. I, I never figured that out. I could hustle some WF No Mercy on my teenage years, but yep, they were doing that. Got some you, shitty friends, bro. That's that, <laughs> that is the epitome of a wrestling promoter, right there. A swindling garbage yeah. man. <laughs> Unbelievable. Don't don't worry. Tony would win every time because his character is invincible. <laughs> hey, I'm sure if I really tried, I could do a 540 off the top rope. We got to try that out one day. I will pay to open whatever gym there is. I'll pay you hey, for the listen. whole day just to watch you break your neck. Didn't LSG just buy like a six-sided ring? Let's go. Oh. Let's do it. Miko. The Monster Factory owns a six-sided ring, I think. So let's go and let's get Tony to do a 540. Miko, you mentioned there was a promoter with a ri- five-sided ring? Yeah. Yes. Uh, up in Washington, it's like close to the border to the, um, Canada, uh, British Columbia. How did is, you? What does it look like? Yeah, did you like? get a chance to work out in it? Uh, wait, me? No, I mean that's what I was saying. Like, uh, like uh, some of my friends of mine have worked there, and I like just saw on like Instagram that oh they start doing like live shows. They've been off for like, like uh, about six months or now, and now they're all suddenly coming back. So uh, what I've understood it's like once you figure out that every ring post goes to the ropes, you know, yeah. and then you're good. You know, so it's not like ropes to ropes, not that corner to corner, but it's like corner to ropes. That's how it is. I haven't stepped into that ring. Uh, hopefully, I get a chance one day. I don't know. So, uh, you know, um, yeah, that's, that's... you know who loves five sided rings? <sighs> Pentagon. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. You stopped Miko for that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's oh. worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to apologize to our guest. Kevin's no, usually was, pretty bad. But that, no, that was one of the best ones Kevin's ever done. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to no sell it. That was good. You're not no selling it. You're burying it. That's the opposite of no selling it. I just don't understand. I I don't know what a five sided ring would look like. Does it look like a house? No, it looks like a pentagon. <laughs> Tony, what does a house look like when you draw it as a kid? But but the thing is like. Like like Miko said, like you're running from corner to ropes, so like there's really no psychology of Irish whips. Like you can't run the ropes in a ring like that. It's just weird. It sounds awful. I yeah, mean, yeah, that's that, that, that. I guess that's what it is. I said I, I haven't been there. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to trash those guys. You know, not even knowing them. But you know, it's an interesting concept. I never heard of five sided rings in my whole life before this one. Yeah. Oh no, and, and and let's be honest, nobody heard of six sided rings either until until TNA did it. So we're not we're not necessarily trashing them because you don't know what you have until you try it. So innovation yeah. is, is is something there. So I mean that could and, and Matt is uh, putting up a picture of a Pentagon. Uh, Matt, for the, Matt, for those of you who haven't graduated fifth grade yet, <laughs> I don't know what pentagons are. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I could see it working. If a six-sided ring works, I don't see why that couldn't work. 
No, I mean, I, from... I, I agree. I was just trying to, to visualize it, and I uh, didn't graduate fifth grade, so I completely forgot what a fucking Pentagon was. <laughs> but what about like an Oxygon? If you have eight corners, more the merrier, right? Well, have, that, uh, that's a UFC ring. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I haven't followed MMA, you know, forever. I mean... My latest memory is when Randy Couture beat Ludwig Borga on UFC 4 or something like that. Love it. Have Love you seen it. that? That's a classic. Yeah, that's his, uh, that was his, only, it was his only UFC fight, Ludwig Borga's. Yeah. Very proud moment for all the Finnish people. Okay. Well, love that transition. Love that transition. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, Miko. This this was one of the things that I know Matt in particular wanted to get back to. We were all fascinated by the fact that we had somebody that uh, knew knew the history of Ludwig Borga. Um, I mean, of course, we we know his downfall, and you know, we know his his uh, his untimely death. But uh, any other interesting stories about about the man? I mean, even in wrestling or through his political career, anything that you could share with us? Oh yeah, there's one story I want to tell you guys. This is about wrestling, and this is the first wrestling match ever in Finland. No, I mean, sorry, it's not the first because there's some black and white material of like uh, some catch cam going on in amusement park in Finland. But like in the 90s, when wrestling was going back, and there had a guy called Boogie Mustonen. He's not a wrestler; he's a bodybuilder. So uh, he and uh, Ludwig Borga used—they were like rivalries in the media. They had a boxing match, and now they are going to have a wrestling match. So there's some uh, guy who don't know anything about wrestling, just builds his own ring. And has event at this match on YouTube, it's on two parts. It's Boogie Commando against uh, Tony Halman. He's wrestling on his real name. So uh, the referee is uh, Michael Majalahti, who uh, Starbuck, who actually trained me. He was called in there because they thought like, oh, you know something about wrestling. You can referee this match. And so there is Ludwig Borga against the bodybuilder who claims that he got wrestling training in Australia. And everybody who can see this match can, uh, like, I don't know, like, the facts just don't, don't click, you know. <laughs> I think this match is, like, eight body slams and a couple of drop kicks that, you know... I, I have a memory of, like, Morgan standing still and Boogie does a drop kick and misses him by a mile and fouls his ass. And Morgan's talking to the crowd, like, oh, man, this is... And the crowd is just, like, miserable. There is... Probably 80 people there, not clapping, not cheering. They haven't never seen wrestling before. But I hope it's still on YouTube. I want to link that match to you guys, but I, I forgot, you know. But yes, Tony Halme against Boogie, Boogie Mustanen. Boogie, Boogie Commando is a wrestling game. It's, it's, 100%, it's 100% on YouTube. I have it up on my computer over here. Boogie Commando. Okay. Boogie, Boogie's in some weird black and yellow singlet with like some jeans over it and he's got combat boots on it's very interesting oh he's got Ludwig Borga up now and what looks like a fireman slam all right that's a terrible cover terrible cover there oh this is good and and this isn't the same boogie with the hoodie that was just arrested in New Jersey this past weekend local news probably not (laughs) no not not boogie with the hoodie there was the drop kick there was the drop kick (laughs) oh Matt you're killing me is there oh you got to Play, play it loud if you can. If not, Matt, Matt's playing the match for us. <laughs> he, Miko just said the drop kick. It's Boogie Commando versus Tony Halme. Right. Halme? Halme. OSA, two out of three, two slash three. The second video. The first video is just Boogie Commando's entrance. It's eight minutes long. Don't ask me why it's eight minutes long. 
<laughs> but the drop kick happens in like 50 seconds of the second video. It is right. goal. It's to. renegade like. Really? That's all I needed to hear. Now I got to check this out. Wait, like the TV show Renegade? No, like the Renegade, Paul Orndorff and, and Arn Anderson Renegade. Oh, all right. That's but, disappointing. But yeah, I think that it's like incredible that, you know, the guy refereeing in that ring is the only, like the, he was trained by Lance Storm and he's the one who trained me. So he was there witnessing this uh, massacre or how I say it. <laughs> You said it was, but, but you know, actually, Boogie, Boogie is, is a nice guy. We had a show in the middle of nowhere in Finland, and I think that's like Boogie's hometown. And uh, he was there as a guest referee uh, at one night, so I got to meet him. I think it was two or three years ago. And for me, he was like a very pleasant guy. And then he, uh, I heard he had been humbled down. Like on the nineties, he had big ego and stuff, but now he's like, because uh, he had to. His liver failed. He had a liver transplant. And after that surgery, apparently his ego has dropped. And now he's like a very pleasant guy to be around. So, yeah. I, I guess. I never met Ludwig Borg, unfortunately. Oh, that's a bummer. I, I guess getting a new, uh, I guess getting a new liver will, will tone you down a bit, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, but I only met him once and I had heard that he's dick. And for me, he was a really nice guy. So, yeah. Have you uh have you ever listened to the the Ludwig Borga uh album? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have. Is it any is it any good? Well, it's it's just cover cover songs. Like basically, there's one song that he's written himself, but the rest the um, rest is just uh covers. And I don't know if it's it's good or bad. I mean, like it's it definitely has this comedic value. Kind of like if you guys have heard of this William Shatner's like talking album and he's just talking through the music or something. It's it's like sounds terrible, but you know, it's kind of fascinating. Uh, I mean, I know uh, some of you might've seen, he was singing like John Cena's theme song on Monday Night Raw. William Shatner from uh, Star Trek, I think. Yeah. Thanks. But yeah, so uh, Borga, Borga's always get your hands on it. Might as well, might as well listen, why not? I think, I think Matt's playing it a little bit. How's it sound? Oh, it's coming through. Can you hear it, Nico? No, sorry, I can't hear it now. Oh, Matt's got it in the background. It's got like a, almost like a disco kind of beat to it. It's kind of interesting. But Matt's really rocking out. Wow. There it is. Matt loves the nightlife. Matt loves Taborga. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there you go. How do you not? The chorus, he, he says, mun so it means uh, uh, if you grab my ass, I will uh, poke at you. You know or, what? That's what like I thought he said. Like, like, yeah. That's, I, <laughs> I gathered that. I could just tell by by his voice and his attitude. He's like, hey, I grab your butt. 
Did you know that Ludwig Borger had a tattoo that says exit only? And that was like right above his asshole. Yeah, didn't we talk about this? Or maybe. I, I thought uh, we mentioned I, it the I, last I, time and and that's why I thought it, I thought he had a tattoo on his ankle too. That he, that's why he had to wear higher tights or higher boots. I could be making that up, but I thought he had a weird tattoo somewhere else which forced him to wear uh a different kind of gear. Yeah, that uh weird tattoo Kevin, it was an SS tattoo. Well, there you go. So that's why Oh you, man. That's why Yeah, that, not, that sounds that, like burger. Uh, <laughs> That's not what I thought at all. But, but I like the butt tattoo. I think that's very clever. So it's a tramp stamp, but it's a fin sin. There you go. Come on fire, boys. Don't stop me now. <laughs> so wait, wait, what was exit only was a tattoo that he had in the tramp stamp? Are you familiar, are you familiar with the tramp stamp, by the way? Yeah, but I think the tramp stamp is like lower back. And so, the way did, he had it was like even even lower than that. Yeah. I haven't seen the. I don't know if I ever seen the tattoo or it's just like just a legend. But he mentions that in one of his songs that he has tattoo like that. So I wonder but, if it's. So I, I wonder I, if it's. Does it does it split? Is it like exit on one side and only on the other? Like, <laughs> what it like? What's going on here? <laughs> oh man, guys! I I think you have to be really good friends with Borg and the Sea. But then again, in Finland, you know, we have this sauna culture, you know, where we go, you know, all naked in this one hot, steamy room. So who knows? <laughs> you broke Kevin, Miko. <laughs> you have to be really good friends with Living Borga to know the answer. <laughs> Holy shit. So uh, it's moments like out. this, but I'm glad. Glad to be back. Yeah, I'm tapped out. Oh my god, Miko, how are you adapting to the states versus being in Finland? I know you came over here, and then uh, this awful pandemic happened, and you're kind of stuck in Portland, Oregon. Uh, but there's a lot of great serial killer history out there, so definitely look that up if you're into it. But how have you been adapting to uh, to life in the states? Well, I mean, once you get used to the big food walking around, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty good. But uh, I I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, Portland itself is kind of like Finland. It's not as cold, but, you know, there's a lot of forest. You know, in Finland, it's like the healthier countries. Uh, I think it's like 80% of the country is just trees. And Oregon is pretty much the same. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I think I've adapted better than my dog. My dog is just, she has become like really mean for the past year. I don't know if it's a pandemic or whatever. She's like barking at everybody. So it's really easy to socially distance myself with the people when I'm walking the dog out there. Uh, but I don't know. I think the thing is like in Finland, I never used to drive. I always used the public transportation. But over here, you know, it's just like so much more convenient to drive around. But also in Finland, pretty much all the cars are, are manual. So here I can try automatic gears, you know, it's so, so much more pleasant, so you might as well drive. So, yeah, uh, the thing is, like, in Finland, there's not as much fast food. So over here, it's more tempting. You know, we don't have Jack in the Box or uh, Del Taco and a bunch of places like that that I really want to eat, you know. 
So here, you know, I'm like, especially when I'm driving around, I'm like, oh, man, should I stop to grab this and that, you know? So maybe it's a little bit harder to keep up my diet over here. Well, if you especially follow... during a pandemic, you know, when you get bored, there's something else to do than watch TV and eat, you know? Right, and they're so. taking, they took all those videos off of Pornhub, so what are you going to do? Oh, yeah, yeah. What's your, uh, so you're, yeah, Kevin made a face. Everything that was, like, unrecognizable or unlicensed, they took off. They took off a ton of videos of Pornhub. Yeah. Yeah, people are That, that was on the front, front page of Twitter, but I didn't read it. I remember I saw it today. Don't, Miko, it's okay. You're amongst friends. It's okay. Well, we all, I know we they, all go I know to they Pornhub. stopped it's accepting fine. credit cards, like certain credit cards, right? Or some credit cards pulled out? Who nope. puts a credit card in a Pornhub? <laughs> that was not intentional. Uh... Sorry, Miko. So you're if you follow Miko on his social media at Miko Maestro, you're a very fit gentleman. Uh, what's the most tempting fast food? What's your go-to if Miko's gonna crush some fast food and play N64 with his unbeatable character like fucking Tony does over here? What do you? What's your fast food? Don't give me the finger. You know, guys, my favorite fast food is uh, Domino's Pizza, and I know oh. people are like over here are shitting on it like it's terrible. But you trust me, it's way better than any pizza I ever had in Finland. What and, you know, I mean, on? I like Domino's. I like to have it with pepperoni and jalapenos. That's the way I like it. Miko, yeah. Miko, Taunt, Matt, I know you're going you're gonna to lambaste them. You're going to shit on them. You're going to crucify them. I am 100% <laughs> on board with that take. 100% on board with that take. Domino's is fantastic. I don't care what anybody says. It might not be pizza, but it is what it is, and it does the job, and it's amazing. Miko, there's not like some like local family-run pizzeria in town that can make a pepperoni and jalapeno Out pizza. There? It's not. He doesn't yeah. live in the fucking middle of nowhere. It's Portland, Oregon. It's hipster yeah. central. Hey, by the way, here in Oregon, we still have a blockbuster. If you didn't know, yes, the last ever blockbuster is, is in Oregon. It's not in Portland, but. Yeah, no, that's very and well, meth, meth, meth rent some movies legal, for so. Friday night. It's pretty convenient. You can just drive there and you know pick it up and take it back there. It's only like two hours away from here, so not too bad. So it's not that convenient. <laughs> <laughs> well, not for you New Yorkers, maybe I don't know, but over here in Oregon, <laughs> those late fees must be up the wazoo. What is it? A late fees? Oh my. <laughs> Fuck it, Domino's Pizza. Really, Miko? Domino's Pizza? You know, I had some good memories. I remember, I actually remember the first day I ate the Domino's Pizza. I was in Massachusetts. I can't remember the name of the town, but I can Google it if I want to. But uh, So I was in this small show called NCW, Northeast Championship Wrestling. And there was a guy from Steve Turtle Wiener. He's known from uh, Chikara Pro Wrestling. Yeah. And he had ordered some pizza. I mean, we, we were there early. And he was like, hey, there's some pizza if you want some. I was like, I never had Domino's. I was like, well, go ahead. So I was eating uh, Domino's there. And that night, I wrestled. Uh, the, my opponent came pretty, uh, a little bit after that. I said, hey, I had nice to meet you. And he got signed to WWE like two months ago. I don't know how you guys heard of uh, Anthony Green. Yes. He's like, oh, August, we love August. What is his name? In- Austin Gray. August, August Gray. Gray, yeah. August Gray. August Gray, yeah. So it's still an AG. Yeah, so... Uh, and so that's that's a good night, you know. It's in Domino's Pizza, wrestle Anthony Green, you know. Yeah, uh, that's my first great. match in Massachusetts. In 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 fairness, uh, you got pizza recommendations from Steve the Turtle Wiener, so 
we can't hold that against you but if you ever get the chance to come to this area like especially like new york new jersey the the real pizza is is it, it puts look i like domino's too but if you get the chance to have like a good like a new york pizza you got to go with that first there's, I'm saying maybe you never tried it yet. I just fucking put it Portland, Oregon pizzerias. I have 48 results. <laughs> yeah, but isn't the water like isn't like the water shitty out there for the bread? So I mean, there's actually one good good place that I like. It's called uh, Hot Lips, but they sell pizza by the slice, you know, and that, that's insane. In Finland, you always get your pizza. In Finland, if you order pizza, everybody gets their own personal pizza. We don't have to share it. Over here, if you order pizza, everybody's coming there to grab your slice. I'm like, what the hell is going on, guys? <laughs> Wait, your, right, your, your, your favorite pizzeria is called Hot Lips? Yeah, Hot Lips Pizza. That's I mean, sure? not my favorite. That, that's my secondary secondary favorite after Domino's. Yeah, but All right. Hot Lips Pizza. Pizzeria or strip club? No, it's a fucking chain restaurant. I just looked it up. They're all over the goddamn place. God, this is this is the best interview we've ever done. <laughs> you know, it. <laughs> It was the, that was the reason why I went the first time, because in Finland, they have the biggest adult movie store is called Hot Lips. And I saw it there, and I was like, what the hell? And it's a pizzeria. I got to try this out. Yeah, so it's, it's they a- only served pizza over there. You know, they didn't have any entertainment. But, you know, that really, really piqued my interest when I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get one of the seasonal pies with vegan and gluten-free options? Get out of here with this fucking garbage. Miko. <laughs> Fucking gluten-free pizza. Nico, Nico's in phenomenal shape. You look like, well, you look the way you look. I mean, come on. Yeah, so you're going to listen to the fat guy when he gives you food advice because he knows what's good. And oh, I've been no, doing my DDP not- yoga, so shut the fuck up. I was, I was going to say Tony made a really good point, but Matt totally slammed it. Slammed yeah, it. you go to a restaurant and the chef is skinny. He's probably an alcoholic and he's not very good. Jesus. Maybe he's what? got a drug you don't know. Oh, you, Kevin, see, you don't work in restaurants. Every chef is an alcoholic. And if they're not, they're fat because they eat. You get one or the other. Oh, Matt, I've been in the bar business for, <laughs> I know a lot about a lot. <laughs> yeah, but the bar is, there's the kitchen at a bar isn't a fucking kitchen. You just put, you drop a bunch of shit in a fryer and you call it a day. Or you order fucking Domino's. Domino's. God damn it, Miko. Right across the street from the rock bottom, baby. I lived on Domino's for a long time. Love it. Miko, next time you order Domino's, if I can make a recommendation, get the uh, the pineapple jalapeno you chicken. It's very good. Fucker, food. pineapples. Pineapples don't go on pizza. Uh, you know, yeah, those people who follow me on Twitter, I actually wrote there like a month ago that this is the most important line you know have to know in Finnish language, and it goes, "En halua ananasta pizzaani," and that means I don't want pineapple in my pizza. What? Yeah. That's my go-to uh, pizza at Domino's. I get the whole, I get the ham and I get the pineapple. God, I can't believe you have a go-to pizza at Domino's. What's wrong with you? Dude, Domino's is delicious. I don't know what you're talking you about. You live in like Guinea Central. You could probably get the best pizza in New Jersey and you're ordering I, fucking Domino's from some Swahili. Listen, Miko, I'm, I'm sure you have a, a, a saying in Finland too. You know, if you have filet mignon every night, Sometimes you just want a hamburger, you know? You get it? So if you eat, like, fast food all the time, you want to have, like, uh, something regular? Yeah. So if you're, eating, if you're eating the good stuff all the time, sometimes you want something that's a little bad, you know? Something just different. Yeah, but, you know, guys, if you eat the Finnish food for about 25 years of your life, you want some Domino's pizzas, damn it. 
There you go. What's what's a what's what's a uh, popular Finnish dish? Uh, reindeer stew. It's everything with mashed potatoes, and then it, it the stew that's made with reindeer. So you put like reindeer, salt and pepper, and water what? in it, and some people put beer in it too. And that's that's fantastic. It's very popular up in the north, but I mean it's popular everywhere. But it's easier to find on the north. I, yeah. Are you fucking kidding? You're gonna tell people you eat reindeer stew ten days before Christmas in America? What is wrong with you? <laughs> that's the heel turn of the year, guys. better. <laughs> Dude, reindeer sausage is very good in Alaska, from what I understand. You know, guys, I just remember in Helsinki, there's a place where you can get a reindeer on your pizza. That's good. That's a great topping. Why are we talking? It's fucking Christmas. What are we talking about eating reindeers for? Ah, we got a week. We got a week or two. Miko, somebody watching on Facebook says reindeer is delicious. And this is a fellow from Austria. So we got to take your word for it on that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a really good meat. And you know it's funny how the reindeer it's it's heard in Finland. It's like because we have native Finnish people called uh, Sami people, so like uh, so they have their own language and their own flag, and they may live in the north. And they're the only people who are allowed legally to herd reindeer. And reindeer they like uh, walk around freely on the forest. So it's not like um, like made in factory or like like how do you say it? like the agriculture is very different with reindeers. You know, just mark the ears over there. And then they, they know where they, they, uh, reindeer live and grow. And when they go hurt them, they just go, you know, and into the forest and hunt them down. <laughs> and only the native Finnish people are, are, are allowed to hurt them. So, yeah. I got to ask you a question. Are they hard to herd since they fly? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not allowed to hurt them. I'm not native. I mean, native Finnish in the sense that I was born in Finland, but like the native native Finnish, kind of like you. Talk about Native Americans. I'm not part of the Native Sami people who live in Finland. Yeah. Before the colonization of Finland. Mika, I don't, I don't even know. Uh, dominoes and reindeer? What's wrong with you? <laughs> what the, uh, guy's, guy's got a refined palate. Leave him alone. Yeah, he's a fan. <laughs> it's fucking 10 days before but Christmas. Know, he can't be coming you, on you know, here guys, talking about eating reindeers. <laughs> the thing is that my birthday is coming in January. And I've been waiting for that day because I have decided I'm going to order two Domino's pizzas, two personal Domino's pizzas. You know, I mean, I, I, it's been a while since I had Domino's because, I mean, like I said, I try to avoid it, avoid the fast food. But I've decided that's how I'm going to spend my birthdays. Because... I don't care what else happens. I was like, Domino's delivered on my door. And hopefully I don't have to tip the guy because in Finland we don't have tipping culture. It pisses me off and I have to give extra money to the delivery guy. You... Oh, let's run that back. No, you tip. They're, you're fucking too lazy to leave your house. That's why you tip. No, 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 no. What Miko <laughs> was saying is in Finland, and I know I from know Spain, what he said. Don't they don't tip? It's not I their. I know. Country. I know. You're not in uh, Finland wait, anymore. I tipped in Portugal. Uh, but but I mean, I understand the tipping culture, like the idea of it, like you know, you get more money for the people. But it's like, then if I give you like I don't know five bucks. In Finland, people will be grateful for it, you know, because it's extra money. But over here, sometimes I don't give them enough tip, you know. They stand there on the door like, hey, like, is that it? Like, that's when you, you sl- need change. That's I, when you, I mean, I'm, you shut the door in their it's face. Just a, <laughs> it's just a huge cultural difference. And, you know, it's like, it just makes everybody feel awkward. 
And I feel like starting talking Finnish, so they feel even more awkward and walk away. They feel like these immigrants don't speak English, and they're like, you know. But oh. then again, I want to order Domino's again probably the very next day, so I can't be rude to them. I tip them well so they come back. Yeah. I, yep. I used to deliver food, and if I delivered to your door, and you gave me like a dollar tip on like a 12 or $15 order, and I was confused, and then you started talking Finnish, I'd be gone. I'm like, I don't want to do I'm out. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the dollar. I'm good. But in New Jersey, it's weird. Because right? this is a conversation that comes up a lot. Is when you get gas in New Jersey, you do not pump your own gas. Someone else is, requ- is required to pump the gas for you. And this yeah, is a you hot know, that in Oregon, too. It's weird. They do it in Oregon, too. Yeah. What, you know, someone pumps your gas pump in Oregon? It. Yeah, in Oregon. Yeah, that's the thing. Because I, I used to live in California for a while, so... Over there, of course, you pump our own gas. But when you go across the border in Oregon, you have to remember you're not allowed to touch the pumps. You know, you have to wait for the guy to come in to do it for you. I did not know that. But there's been a, a debate in New Jersey. I don't think it's as, as contested as I'm making it out to sound about tipping the gas attendant. I've never grown up ever learning that you have to tip a gas guy. So I don't know how that works. Tony, I don't know what you do. Matt, I don't know what you do. I've never tipped a gas guy in my life. Uh, I have tipped gas people on very cold days and very hot days. Yeah. If it's like snowing, raining, really hot, really cold. Yeah. I what about if you pay with a credit card? I don't know. How do you tip? With I just cash? usually give them a couple of bucks. That's all. You throw it on the out the window on the ground. You go, pick it up, you fucking loser, and you're driving there away. It is. That's what I was waiting for. Now you're just being silly. Miko, tell me when your birthday is and DM me your address, and I'll just shit in a box and send it to you, because after you eat two Domino's pizzas, you're going <laughs> to shit your pants, bro. Well, well, uh, I'm going to tell my address over here, but uh, my birthday is January 11th. You're going to eat two pepperoni right. and jalapeno pizzas? Does it hurt coming out as much as it does going in? Uh, I, I, I enjoy both of the occasions. Do you, <laughs> do you like do you like the spicy foods? Uh, I'm I'm trying to get used to them, you know. Like, or here here you know in the states, food is way spicier than in in Finland. Finland's just it's a salt and pepper country, guys. You know, we don't have we don't have spices. So you don't you don't mess with any of those like one chip challenge or the the super hot chocolate or the fucking bean boozle where you eat like a regular jelly bean that tastes like love or you eat one that tastes like vomit no that does not sound familiar no i say we send him bean boozle for his birthday you could do that and he could play it by himself i don't know he's all shackled he's all stuck inside during the quarantine he'll be a youtube a social media sensation if he plays bean boozle by himself and puts it all over social media that's a great idea bean boozle I don't know. I was planning to play by myself, you know, all my birthdays. I've never had time for boozling myself. Well, how about this? Why don't we do a Miko birthday bean boozle episode? Ooh, I like that. Extravaganza. Ooh, yeah, that sounds good. Where we, well, let's see. Well, we sit around, the, the three of us sit around and just watch you eat random jelly beans that could either be delicious. Or, and, and listen, I, I can't really. Like enforce this idea because I've never done it because I'm a coward. Um, so 
but it's it's hell from what I've heard. It's either glorious or it's hell. So hey, you know what, guys? January 11th is Monday, so it seems like I keep going back to your show every other week. But I, you know, we, can, we might as well do it, right? Shining Wizard, January 11th, Micomania. Yes, Three. yes, I, yes, I, yes. We will all me and <laughs> me and Tony will bean boozle with you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'll be the host. How about that? I'll be the the narrator. All right, that works for me. Because again, I'm a coward. <laughs> so, 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 what's the catch? Are they like really spicy or just terrible? No, Tony? yeah, they they just I mean, they, they taste really gross. Like, like for every good flavor, like one would be like it, like the same jelly bean could have two flavors. Like, one would be buttered popcorn. And the other would be spoiled milk, but you can't tell because they look exactly the same. Oh man! <laughs> so just to keep eating them and, and no selling them on the camera, so everybody thinks you're like having good good times. Yeah, Domino Domino sounds really good right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I I'm on board with this idea, guys. That'd be this awesome. Is, this is the best 45 hey, minutes of guys- my life. Have you guys ever had any Finnish candy like salmiakki? It's like a uh, black black licorice, uh, uh, but it's uh, even sal- it's like salty black licorice Li- liquor. What do you call it? Those red wines you have over here? Oh uh, yeah, licorice Twizzlers. Yeah, yeah, licorice. Twizzler, yeah, so so we have black licorice in Finland that is very popular, and then we have salmiakki, which is like salty black licorice, and Finnish people love it, but over here in the states people hate it. So. I wonder if I can get you guys some of that somehow, but yeah, that's a, that's a Finnish candy. I highly recommend it, but I bet that you're not going to like it. Uh, something long, black, and salty sounds like the end of every Friday night for me, so I'm interested. Oh, Jesus, really? No? Oh. No! Stop! No. What? Negativo. Negativo. No. That's, a, that, that's no good. Why? You know what? It It'll be real nice when when Miko is wrestling again, so we can actually talk about his wrestling career That's instead true. of asking him uh, ridiculous questions for forty minutes. Yeah, we're sorry about that. I just realized that that he actually has, he actually has a career. I forgot about that. Hey, hey, we we learned about Ludwig Borga with his tattoos. We learned about the five sided ring. We learned about uh, salty licorice. We learned a lot tonight. Yeah, you know, guys. Uh... I like bringing up Ludwig Borg because I remember I was talking with Tatanka in Denmark and he was saying that people talk about, you know, Goldberg's streak ending. And it was like 100-something matches. But his streak was like, what, like 400 matches? He was undefeated for three years. That must be add up to like 700 matches or something, six to 700. And Ludwig Borg beat that streak. So that's, that was this streak and it was beaten by Ludwig Borg. And I don't Listen. care about it in WWE. People talk about Undertaker's streaks. What a 25 match, 20. Any two matches? Miko, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Actually, actually, it was Yokozuna who beat that streak. And it was because Ludwig Borga, I think, interfered in the match, if I'm not mistaken. Yokozuna beat Tatanka for the first time. No, Borga did. Uh, Or or Yokozuna. You might be right, Matt, actually. Actually, Miko, you might be right, too, actually. Yeah, I hope I'm right because I've been telling that to people like for millions and millions of no, people. No, I think I've you're been, right. You know, I think that I think that was a reading about that. Yeah. I think that no. was a very bad mistake by me. It was Ludwig Borga and he hit him with a steel chair. Chair and he, he, didn't he bleed from his mouth and didn't like Yokozuna like do something after or was that like the next week? 
I thought Yokozuna like squashed him and maybe I'm confusing him with Hacksaw. I don't No, but Borga beat Tatanka, yeah, hit him with a right. chair, uh, he mocked a... him, he mocked him, he pinned him with one finger like Lex Luger did. It was all setting yeah. up to Survivor series. Yeah, hundred percent right. My apologies. I'm an asshole. This is why I don't like to play trivia games on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> awesome. See Mick a nice guy. Kevin's the asshole. I'm a big jerk. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, but I have to ask, uh, do you have like some uh, one last guest or something you want to ask? I'm sorry, I gotta get going. So, oh. you know, so but I love being back on the show. I've been having good times. We listen. I'll be in touch with you. We'll work it out for the 11th. But in the meantime, before we let you go, I just want to get at the plugs. Everything on the social medias, including Pro Wrestling Tees, is Pro Wrestling Tees store. Everything is at Miko Maestro. Uh, like I said, BrainBusterTees.com. Go over there. We got Miko Mania, knit caps, fanny packs, snapbacks. You name it, it's got Miko Mania all over it. Uh, catch him out once wrestling starts opening up. He's in Portland. He's in Finland. He's all over the place. Check him out. He's got tons of matches on YouTube if you want to get familiar with Miko Maestro. Miko, this has been a blast, man. Is there anything you want to leave us with before we let you run? Oh, well, uh... I gotta say, uh, if there's anybody already following me on Instagram, like I know you guys are, just uh, hit six thousand followers this week, and it made me feel really good. You know, it's stuff like that that during the pandemic relighted my day. So, thank you guys for following me, and if any of the listeners are following me, thank you, thank you so much, thank you for making my day. Awesome, awesome. Well, if we don't talk to you before then, please enjoy your holidays, be safe, have a merry Christmas, a happy New Year. I'll be in touch, and we'll get you back in the New Year. Okay, sounds good to me. Take care, guys. Thanks for joining us, Miko. Be well. Bye. All right, Miko Maestro doing it all. I got a lot of problems with Miko. I'm not going to lie to you. Is it because of the pizza? Bro, he said he eats reindeer 10 days before Christmas. Oh, come on, Matt. Listen, in fact, you're the most, like, non, like, sensitive guy in the world. And this is where you're, this is the hill. This is the hill. It's Christmas Cross time, Kevin. It's delicious. Uh, Luis, Luis uh, Elias wants to know what love tastes like, by the way. Oh, it tastes de- delightful. That's my if boy, Luis. Look, if you're playing Bean Boozle, you want the love bean, okay? You don't want the fucking fish bean, the vomit bean. The soap bean, not so bad. The fish and the vomit, That's <laughs> not pretty good. Much spe- pretty much speaks for itself. Uh, Prince Nana soup. joining us tonight. Welcome to the uh, Facebook chat, Mr. Uh, Prince Nana. Oh, does he have his giant man dingo out? No, it's in the middle of the ocean because it's got to go back to Africa, Duh, right? Yes, good point. Good callback. Good callback. Does he, does he have a new business venture for us to try to join? Yes, he's uh, he's uh, trying to sign Miko to join the um, the stable. God, I can't think of the embassy. The, name of the-, the embassy, yeah. baby. Thank you. Probably the most underrated stable in wrestling history, I, I want to say. I'm not out there. Hot take. Probably not far off on that one. We still have a lot to cover, don't we? Yeah, buddy. I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of New Japan I want to talk about, homeboy. All right. Well, we and got, we got new- to talk MLW, AEW, uh, Ring of Honor. A lot of news this week. A lot going on. A lot of happenings. TLC is this weekend. We got picks. Games. Games. Holy baloney macaroni. We have Final Battle, Final Battle and TLC picks? Yeah. Oh, baby. We got to talk about the final battle thing, though. We'll get into it after the break. Uh, but like they always say. Tony? Oh, back after this. Me. Back after this. <laughs> oh, it's that festive time of year again. The holidays are upon us, and you've got a lot of shopping to do. 
And you're going to probably do some of that shopping over at Amazon, right? But we don't want you to go to Amazon.com. No, 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 no. We want you to head over to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com. See, when you use that link, you're going to pay the same great low prices. You're going to have access to your Amazon Prime and all the bells and whistles. But a small percentage of what you purchase is going to go to support the Shining Wizards. It's not going to cost you a thing it's gonna help us out it's like you guys are giving us christmas gifts all year round you're doing your shopping with amazon anyway just head over to amazon.shiningwizards.com and help your boys out so we can all have a merry christmas your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back join the impact player phil Rea and the portuguese man of war shopping for the turnbuckle throwbacks wrestling podcast Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. In a world where Hollywood tries to tell you how to live while doing the exact opposite. Where fresh ideas are tossed away for a cash grab reboot. Where the media has become nothing but propaganda and freedom is traded for what they tell you is security and safety. There is inconclusive breakdown. Your weekly look at current events and entertainment with no political correct BS. Just news and uncensored opinions everywhere you get podcasts. A proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Hey, this is Mike from the Midnight Jury. When you are done with this show, join my co-host Cal and I every week as we travel back to the last old school generation of the 80s and 90s to review the best and worst in pop culture, horror, and music on WLWstudios.com or the Midnight Jury feeds on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Player FM. Go back in time when it was all about VHS, arcades, and hanging out at the mall. And remember that every second Saturday of the month, we go live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RantEMRadio.com which includes taking your calls. Once again, that's the Midnight Jury, where the 80s and 90s return from the dead on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and our home, WLWstudios.com. We'll see you there. Horns up. This is Rock from Radioactive Metal. Join Snowy, Kareem, Aaron, and myself right here on the Shining Wizards Network every Friday for your weekly metal fix. We talk to all your favorite artists, cover all the latest metal news, cover all the latest releases, and feature brand new unsigned bands. So sit back, grab a beer, download the latest episode, and always remember, it's not metal unless it's radioactive metal. Matt is back and Alright, we're going to take this time to thank those that support us over on our Patreon. If you enjoy what you're hearing here on the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, 
please go over to our Patreon and check it out. For as little as $1 a month, you can support the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast at patreon.com forward slash wizards podcast. We're going to start with, of course, the queen and the king of the Shining Wizards, respectively, Kathy Hummer and Manny Carrazzo, uh, Danny and Anthony Rusinello, the AOP of the SWP, uh, Ryan Arthur over at elementary.com. Uh, it's a local brewery here in Hackensack, New Jersey. If you need some local brew, check out elementary.com, A-L-E-M-E-N-T-A-R-Y.com. Sean Toe, Sean Calejo, Brett Simonello. You hear what do you say? Uh, Kate the Great Hensler over at ondeckic.com. Check out Kate. She's doing great things. She just started a wrestling podcast with Kevin Gill called What's Good? Pro Wrestling. Uh, so check that out. It's available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Matt Garifo, no relationship to the cake. JG. Uh, Maddie Mellinger. Christine Friesendorf, the other half of the Sign Girls. Uh, Mark Parloni. Mark, happy birthday, buddy. Uh, Kenny Hawsey. Mr. Scotch drinks more himself. The uh, Joshi expert in our Discord. Uh, Jay Cop, the big cop of pump from the Turnbuckle Throwbacks every Friday night here on The Rant, rantemradio.com. Uh, Thomas Cops, the Mott Spock. Uh, check him out. He's doing great things in the world of wherever Thomas does things. Uh, Michael Hammond, uh, David Henry Bauer III, his pal Antonio Hosserman makes experimental music at harvestmanrecords.bandcamp.com. Uh, Matthew Birch, the true Prince of Pro, uh, great supporter and friend of the show. TJ Vegas, he uh, was in the chat earlier, been a supporter for many years. Thank you, TJ. And last but certainly not least, Mr. William. Mercier Jr. Lives are going to be in William Mercier's hands. You know what I mean? I know what you mean, Kevin. I know what you mean. So wait, Kate has a a podcast with Kevin Gill now? Yeah, they just did their first episode last week. This is this is breaking news for me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's awesome. So we're about 40-minute episodes. They just talk about uh, indie wrestling and uh, spotlight some of the uh, indie talent, what they're doing. I think the first episode they talked about uh, AC Romero and his weight loss. Um, they talked a little bit about GCW, and there's one more topic, and it's I can't. Well, well Matt, you, you just brought up a great point with something I wanted to mention about Impact uh, and how great I think that team of AC Romero and La uh, Larry Dallas, not Larry Dallas. Oh my God. Larry D. Larry D. Our, and Larry D uh, at final resolution look like a freaking star. And he's doing, if you want to do a, a parallel to somebody else in the business, Otis would probably be a parallel, but Larry D is, is what is everything that Otis probably should be. Larry D is, a, is a big, good, really good big man. And I don't know what they talked about about AC Romero, but AC Romero apparently lost a whole lot of weight and is absolutely incredible. But I love Larry D. Everything about Larry D I love. What's not to love about Larry D? And you know what? Look, disregard anything Miko said about reindeers because it is the holiday season. And if you're looking for the ultimate stocking stuffer for this holiday, look no further because our sponsors, Manscaped, have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news, they just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. And as you can see, if you're watching on the Facebook Live, Kevin's got the refined cologne. 
Tony's got the crop mop ball wipes. Oh, yeah. And this is just, uh, Tony's got, what is that? Is that the ball deodorant? Let me see if I can get this down here. Yeah, I don't There's need to listen, shot. JR. God, got the uh Oh, my God. Tony, readjust. Readjust. No, no. Please, <laughs> please readjust. Tony, if you so could just here, pull you your shorts wipe. up a little higher, that'd be great. Thank you. Got no, your shorts. Your shorts. No, pull the shorts up higher. The red. You're the red meanie. Listen, this is what 9,000 RPM sounds like. You hear that? It's quiet as shit. And you get that right in there. Clear out them nose hairs. You're good to go. If you're looking for the perfect stocking stuffer, they got the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. The name speaks for itself. The Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a spray-on toner that will give your balls a little slice of heaven with their aloe vera and hazel extractions. And look, let's be honest. Ladies don't want sweaty, stinky balls in their mouth. They want aloe vera and hazel. All right, they got the Crop Cleanser, the body wash, a full body wash that you can also use on your hair. Tony's got the crop mop ball wipes. You never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared. I got the foot duster, the foot deodorant designed to keep the stankiest feet smelling fresh, are doing exactly that. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit. The Weed Whacker nose and hair trimmer, which provides proprietary skin-safe technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs. And let's not forget about the best... The best trimmer for your butt, balls, and body. The Lawnmower 3.0 offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. Uh, if this is something that pertains to you, these formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know their products are legit. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code word WIZARDS. And whether it's your partner, your dad, your brother, your friend, get them something they will actually use, and it's almost sure to get a laugh. Go to manscaped.com and check out the cologne. It just uh-huh. dropped. We just got it. It smells like a dream. You have to get a fucking stick to beat the ladies off of you when you go out in the public with this thing. Dude, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be the best-smelling person sitting on my couch. <laughs> it's going to be – no one's going to smell better than me. got to start somewhere. And <laughs> that's a very good point. Tony, did you did you just uh, is the Manscaped uh, 3.0 lawnmower so good that you put it to your butt and then put it up your nose? Did no, that just this, happen? Yeah, this is the weed whacker. This is the, not the lawnmower. This is this is for your ears, for your nose, any any crevice you have. This sucker will get right in there. Right. I'm just saying because you put something in your butt and then just put it in your nose. Well, I had to check it. You know. Oh, that's a good point. It. Very good point. Listen, dude, Manscaped. It is so ridiculously good at everything they do. Everything that they've sent us has been absolutely incredible. And can I tell you this? Like, I know, like, you know, back in the day, the fellas used to put the rubbers in their wallets. Why would you not put one of these in your wallet to go along with it? Was that the crop mop? This is the this is the wipe, dude. This is the wiping on the go. You got the little perforations right there. You tear this sucker off. You go to town. You're ready to go, Kev. Yeah. You de- Tony, I'm not gonna lie to you. That's a necessity. Like, Absolutely. that's something you need to travel with. Like, when you pack your toiletry bag, if you have an overnight stay, it's Crop Mop, it's Lawnmower 3.0, it's the Weed Whacker, it's everything. They even recommend it. Active life, work. God forbid you're at work and your ball starts stinking through your suit pants. Come on, you don't want that shit. For travel and, of course, for dating. There you go. You got a yeah. hot date? You feel like it's going to go somewhere? What's that like? Ready to go. 
Manscaped.com. Use the code Wizards twenty percent, and give everybody a Merry Christmas. Your when we get when we get these, I don't want to get political, but when I get vaccinated, I am going to be out on the town so hard, and I'm going to be manscaped up till till the cows come home, and the ladies yeah. will not be able to resist this. <laughs> Throwing that out there. All right, Matt, you got newses and notes and things as we got to talk about. We got a lot to talk about, so let's so we'll try and bang through this as fast as we can, but if we can't, so be it. We got to uh, do games. We have to do games. We will do we will get the games. There's just we got to talk MLW, we got to talk AEW, I got to talk New Japan cuz New Japan got let's a lot it. going on. MLW Fusion Wednesday night. It's like the perfect appetizer for your Wednesday night wrestling show, whether you're watching AEW or NXT. Um, this week we saw our semifinals. We saw the return of the MLW Tag Team Champions. We saw the debut of Violence is Forever. Um, Tony, I know you're an MLW guy. I know you tweet the show uh, every Wednesday on the Wizards podcast account. What would you like about the show? What would you dislike? Uh, I appreciate Dominic Garini going without the gi because he always looked very uncomfortable wearing it. However, my man needs to figure something else out for them, for them tights. I know you made a comment on it. I did. It's a very inside joke. But if you know uh, who Brian Cobb is, Dominic Carini looks exactly like Brian Cobb. No bullshit. This match, I could not stop fucking laughing uh, because the spitting image. And I I know I know Dominic Carini is a badass, but he looks put the gee on, bro. Do the karate man thing. No, put a singlet, dude. Singlets are your friend. Seriously. Put his. Not according to Keith Lee. Oh, just no, somebody, uh, yeah. Somebody in Keith Lee's shape can get away with not wearing a shirt. Dominic Garini, not so much. What, what, what do you want him to be, Grado? Like, what do you want him to be? It's just weird, dude. Like, Kevin. Kind of, yeah. Have you seen Dominic Garini in his wrestling yeah. gear? Without his, not the gi. Not the gi. I've seen it. Okay. I'm just asking. It's not. It is what it is. I mean, have we seen like... worse? I mean, no, he just looks like in worse Brian shape Cobb. where. It's not the worst I mean, thing we... in the world. It's just like, I laugh at it. It makes me chuckle. We literally just. All right. All right no worries. Um, complete squash match. Violence is forever. Kills two job guys. Yes. Um, oh, Calvin Tankman took on. Who did he wrestle? Zenji. That's right. Uh, you could tell that Calvin Tankman's still pretty green. I still think that he's got a lot of potential. Uh, this one didn't impress me as much as the first week, which was a total squash, but of course. But, uh, I mean, for what it was, you can see what this guy's abilities are and, you know, see what kind of direction he's going to have to go to harvest them. But he cuts a pretty decent promo for a guy that hasn't been doing this that long, too. So yeah. that's a big yeah. plus. I like it. He called everybody out in MLW. He said, come and test themselves, but they won't like the outcome. It was good. And I enjoyed uh, the main event um, with uh, Contra, which and was Devon a weird Aaron's. pair. Jacob Fatu and uh, Simon Grin- yeah, uh, Simon, Simon Gotch. Yeah, with the uh, with Devon Eric. I mean, you kind of knew that kind of finish was going to happen. It was just weird that so many people came out to get involved. It was kind of like one of those like old ECW brawls. 
where like the Sandman would come out and then the BWO would come out and then New Jack would come out and then Taz would come out, you know. Yeah, but if you've been watching all the um all the stuff, the pulp fusion that they had been doing through the lockdown, like it all kind of ties to like Jordan Oliver running out, attacking Simon Gotch was part of the pulp fusion thing and obviously the team filthy against the Von Eriks and Contra unit, you know. Yeah. Like, it was just, I don't know, to put it as the main event and then have it be a giant schmoz like that. I think I much rather would have seen Loki and uh, Richard Holiday be the main event. Yeah, what'd you think of that match? I liked it. It was a, it was a contrast to styles. I really like Loki. Uh, I like the video package they showed before the match and him cutting his promo. Um, and I think at the inevitable, Loki Tom Lawler is going to be your finals. And and speaking of gear, Loki is, is he's he's back in his like uh, bodysuit, right? They made mention of that last week or two weeks ago. He's wearing that as an homage to someone in Japan. Well, he he's worn it before. Yeah, but they but they they brought up a specific story where like he like lost to somebody in Japan and he felt like he let like somebody down, so that was why he was wearing it again. I don't remember the whole story. Before this, was he was he wearing and forgive me, I haven't been keeping up with the MLW product as much as I want to. Was he still in the suit or was he wearing like like short like bikers? He was doing the suit for a while when I first started watching MLW and then I think he did eventually go back to the tights with the boots. Okay. So it was kind of it was kind of both, but that's fine. I just really I like him in this kind of gear. That's all. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, we also got an interview from Hammerstone. He's clear. He's coming back. So good on him. Well, he Look challenged him. Mads Kruger. Yes, going to uh, be an interesting matchup. Yeah, and uh, Leo Rush. He's going to play hardball, but he's going to he's going to accept Myron Reed's challenge, and that'll be one of the many matches that take place at Kings of the Coliseum January sixth, which. From what I did today in terms of research, I think it's almost like a pay-per-view quality show, and I think it's not going to be like a one-hour show. I think it's like a full show. Well, so pretty- you're saying picks? I am saying picks. Oh, for real? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, oh, we're doing it. We're Two doing it. Two against no. one there, champ. I'll watch MLW all night tonight to get up to date. Uh, Tony, how do you feel about the Selena De La Renta thing? She's summoning her latest acquisition, Pascal Mendoza. Mendoza! I don't. I mean, are we familiar with Pascal Mendoza? Do we know anything about him? I doesn't sound familiar to me. Well, the story she's telling is that he lost everything seven years ago, and he hates the world ever since. He's been That's reborn right. a thousand times, and will unleash the purest vengeance to the world. And then her executive producer episode on January 6th was postponed because of Kings of Coliseum. So I'm thinking like in the realm of like maybe someone from like Lucha Underground, maybe Mil Muertes, Ooh. Uh, somewhere, someone in that, you know, where they've been around a while, they've been reinvented. I don't know, though. It could be a lot of people. Mil Muertes is that big dude with the mask, right? He is. Yes. Yes. Mil Muertes yeah. did wear a mask. Not Matanza. Matanza was Jeff Cobb. Wait, Mil- no, 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 Matanza, Mil Muerte. He was like uh, the like the henchman of like the like the owner or, or something like that, right? Yes, Wasn't it was he? his brother. I think that was the story. Mil Muerte is a thousand deaths in Spanish, isn't it? I believe so. So there you go. Good call. God, God, remember Lucha Underground and how good that was? Yeah, the El Rey Network and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's a shame. That's a big shame that that's still not a show. 
the shame was we had credentials to do whatever we uh felt like doing with that with them and yeah. we just couldn't get to california well i mean that's yeah but you know no they were cool they were cool but uh we we had a little bit of a thing going with them and then unfortunately they went away yeah kind of sad but you know well, that was mlw yeah next week you're gonna see hammerstone is back uh filthy tom takes on ach to find out who goes to the finals to face oh. low-key and uh i think mads kruger is doing a handicap match Yes, two on one. I would imagine it's going to be the same jobbers that uh, that a uh, that Garini's team wound up taking on this past week. Oh, uh, Jason Dugan and Robert Marta. Was it Marta? Well, then there was another guy. He had like a real jobber sounding name too. I forget what the hell it was. Robert Martyr. Yes, Martyr. I don't know. That's why I said Martyr. That is a jobber name if I ever heard one. Now, uh, Tony, you were real hot last week about AEW, but Wednesday night's Dynamite. It kind of soothed your uh, aching tooth. A lot. A lot of what I recommended last week on this very show wound up coming to fruition. I was very happy. Things actually started moving. I think the thing that impressed me the most, fucking Ortiz letting loose on the microphone, dude. If that didn't move you, nothing was going to move you on that show. That was some powerful shit. Calling everybody out. Come on, dude. Seriously, you're making a face? If that didn't move you, nothing is going to move you? Yeah, that was passion. That was a great fucking... All right, Matt, 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 Matt now you're being Captain Literal Guy here. I'm just saying, I... for, for someone who's been, a, who's been bitching and moaning about the uses of words like industry shaking, uh, to turn around and be like, if that didn't move you... That was a great promo. Was a I great think promo. we got. I, I think you're a smart guy, Matt. I think you understood exactly what Tony meant. Yes. Yeah, I didn't say it was a fucking industry shaking promo. It was a fucking promo that moved me, dude. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Listen to Ortiz. He's making sense. You, were you more moved by Ortiz's promo or Sting's promo? Sting. Fuck Sting. Wow. All right. See, Tony. Wow. You have this, Tony. You have this uncanny ability to get me on your side. And then completely right. want to just throw you over the couch that you're sitting well, on. Well, then let me ask Matt, what wowed you about Sting's promo that didn't wow you about Ortiz's promo? Let's, let's well, first, first of all, Ortiz's promo um, didn't did not not wow me. I thought it was a great promo, but seeing Sting in the ring, Sting, Sting in the, the ring, um, <laughs> and hearing him on the mic and being with Tony Schiavone and cut. Uh, a very sting promo yeah. just was very nostalgic and it was beautifully done. And I got all jammed up Wednesday night, so I didn't get to watch the show live, but I watched it a Thursday night. I put the phone away. I put the laptop away and I just watched the wrestling show. Um, man, fucking, I don't know, man. You watch so much shit where everything is so scripted. And then you see like a sting promo and it's like, he just, even with, a third of the capacity there or 200 people. He just, he gets it. And it, it man, it was such a good promo. Um, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And I just loved it. I Look here. Here's my point. Ortiz was always this guy. Ah, ah, like sticking his tongue out, doing the silly yeah. shit. He was the Rick Steiner. He stepped up, dude. Like this was like the Ortiz that we wanted. Like Santana was always at that level with the stoic face and 
I don't give a fuck, you know, like, you know, fuck you, I'll bury you, this and that. But for Ortiz to step up and do that, that fucking moved me, man. That was like, damn, that's the shit that this whole fucking conglomeration needed. They needed somebody to step up and do it. Jericho wasn't doing it. Uh, fucking, um, um, fucking uh, MJF really wasn't doing. It. I mean, he was—he's always fucking good. He played himself, which was fine. Um, fucking Sammy Guevara was just pissed off. Ortiz was the voice of reason, and that's what that whole segment needed. You know what? I liked Sammy's part in that, though. No, fair enough. But when you're talking about the guy to fucking step up, it was Ortiz. That was the Ortiz promo. Yeah, but the inevitable's there. You know, this is gonna blow up. I understand. But this was the kind of step instead of just saying, oh, let's have another meeting next week. You know what I'm saying? This was so much more than that. I don't disagree. All right, well, there you go. And I didn't I didn't hate Sting's promo at all. You just said you fuck know. Sting, bro. I, I did <laughs> fuck Sting. That was more to fuck you than to fuck Sting. You could have said, I said fuck, fuck me then. I heard yeah. Sting got a fucking tattoo on his ass that says no rear entry. It says no. It says that stung. <laughs> stung. <laughs> Yo, bad call. And I think uh, Sting uh, left a, gave us left us with more questions than we had going in. No, fair enough. Look, there was very little that really like I was kind of scratching my head at with this, but I think honestly, my favorite moment of the entire night was Shaq. That whole fucking segment, I loved everything really? about. I'm surprised. I loved it. I love Shaq sitting there all calm, talking to Brandy. Brandy's getting up to leave, and she's like, oh, you could take a few pointers from Jade. And she was like, what? And she fucking threw the water at him, and then he looks in the camera like, did this really just happen? I love that shit. That's the kind of ham and cheese with fucking salami and fucking toasted pumpernickel. That's the kind of shit I love. <laughs> that was awesome. God. So, you know, I would have thought your favorite moment was Miro at the end, since you've been such on this Miro kick. It's a good point, Matt. No, I, I, I don't know where the fucking dude shops. That fucking outfit was god awful, ghastly, fucking terrible. Where is he buying his clothes? What was that? I, I would venture to say that that outfit is probably a mortgage payment for you and me. But that's really, <laughs> that doesn't mean you wear it. You know what I'm saying? Look, I don't know fuck all about fashion. It's all fucking wrestling t shirts and jeans, okay? That's right. I don't fucking know, bro. Dude's he's me. He don't give a shit. He came from fucking Bulgaria. He don't care. But he should. He should give a shit. Why? Come on, dude. You're... He's not. He's not coming out to walk on the fucking catwalk. He's out there to fucking interfere in a match. Yeah. So who gives a shit what he's fucking wearing? He looks goofy. Goofy shit. That yeah. He did his actions look goofy? Motherfucker vaulted over the top rope. You don't expect a Bulgarian brute to be fucking vaulting over the top rope, but that son of a bitch got some fucking ups. It's fired up. Yeah. MJF wrestled that match perfectly. Perfectly. He said, fuck you in your fucking pockets and your fucking hands, and he beat the shit out of him before the bell even rang. Fuck that motherfucker. That's what he's deserved since day one. He needed somebody to fucking stop with the with the fucking slow kicks and the fucking fuck him. I'm so glad he got his ass kicked. I'm glad he lost. I'm glad MJF's got the ring again, which I don't really fucking understand, but whatever. So fuck that guy. Really? Amen. Amen. 
He got the comeuppance he's so sorely needed. Motherfucker gets a title shot every other week. MJF put him down. Fuck him. Uh, he didn't do. He didn't put him down by himself. There was a l- lot he of help. Three? Did he or did he not get the three? That's not. You didn't say he. He. You said he put him down. Put MJF, him down. MJF decisive victor. Yes. Uh, how he got there? Not all by himself. Well, I mean, you know, he won. A lot of shenanigans. And let me say, with AEW, I like. I, I don't know how I feel about this 14-man tag match happening Wednesday oh, night. Oh, fuck that shit. Hey, guess what? We made Tony happy this week. Let's give him a seven-on-seven. Seven. Something Chris Jericho said has never been done in the wrestling business, but he was involved in some fucking same seven-on-seven seven match, like, what, eight years ago in WWE? Dummy. Yeah. I, I do like that the best friends went and got um, top flight, and they went and got some of the more the lesser known teams because they're going to get a rub. Um, I think that's cool. The varsity blondes, Brandon Cutler's on a winning streak. Uh, it's inevitable. You know, none of these guys are going to beat the inner circle, but you know, you see top flight getting there and go with Santana and Ortiz, like the prospects of them down the road is huge. Yeah. I think this is 100% fine. And it's okay to have these kind of matches. It's okay. Like, it's okay. Especially when you're, when your roster is that loaded and that big and you're signing people every week, let them do it. Who cares? It's a TV show. Let it ride. Let it fucking ride. Put the, put, put a match on TV. Cause you know what? People like clusterfucks and I'm not saying this is going to be a clusterfuck, but if it is, that's okay. Let it ride, man. Let, let's just, let's just go. AEW's firing, baby. Let's go. I actually, enjoyed a lot the Young Bucks and TH2. When those fuckers want to go, they can go. This is what the fuck they needed. They had been dragging to me. I'd be like, why are these guys even in this promotion? They're terrible. Tony, who are you talking about? TH2. Okay, thank you. You didn't say who you were talking about. Yeah, he he did, but I, yeah, I wasn't sure. I I wasn't sure I heard it either. Well, I know he's shit on the young bucks before too, so I didn't know what direction he was he going. Fuck the bucks anyway, but still, I can't take away from how much I enjoyed this match. I thought it was very well wrestled. Uh, the stories made sense. I like the fucking Meltzer driver to the outside, a little sloppy, but I fucking forgive that because that was fucking awesome. Good shit, good and, shit. And this is what AEW seems to do so well. And as much as I remember it, I forget it too. These and Helico and and uh, Jack Evans were after like in any other company they're afterthoughts the way they've been used. Now all of a sudden they come back they they have one week or two weeks of impactful things and all of a sudden now you take them seriously again. That's hard to do and AEW seems to do that better than WWE does for sure about how take how to take people seriously after they. I'm not going to say they've been used bad, but just not. Just not used. I think a lot of it has to do, and this might sound crazy, but the fact that you're getting finishes in like nine, I don't, I can't tell you the, if there's been a DQ or a count out on, and I know there may have been maybe one, right? but you're getting decisive winners and losers. And if it's done properly, it doesn't, no one's buried. Yeah. I mean, there've been, plenty of shady finishes but at least there's been three counts or yeah. tap outs 
or, or stuff like that. Sure. Where, you know, that there's a winner. Yep. And I think that goes a long way where you're not getting the 50, 50 booking that you might be seeing on raw or SmackDown. NXT is a completely different animal. Um, and to be fair, SmackDown is much better than raw. Uh, from what I understand, I don't watch either of the programs. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man, like Wednesday was just, it flowed so well. And you know what? This 14-man tag team match Wednesday night, you give it a thumbs down until it sets up someone accidentally hitting someone else from the inner circle, and that's it. It's a wrap, bro. Sammy's out. And now you can go, you know, Sammy can go after Jericho. Jericho can be slighted. Sammy can go after MJF. Like, there's so many stories that can come from the inner circle breaking up. And at the same time, you can, you know, Brandon Cutler's on like a four match winning streak on dark and nobody's really paying attention to that. They're more paying attention to his BTE stuff, but let him get in the ring there. Maybe, you know, a couple more eyes will be like, Oh, Cutler's not terrible. Top flight. You get him in there. Like I said, with Santana and Ortiz, like down the road, that'd be a great match. Yeah. You know, we get the acclaimed SCU on Wednesday night. That's awesome. Incredible. Absolutely. One thing I didn't like, I'm done with Sheeta. I'm done with Sheeta. And I'll tell you exactly, you know when the moment was? I don't know who Abaddon slaughtered. Abaddon! But for Sheeta to come out, now she's supposed to be like the babyface champion. And we know she's scared. She's been, you know, she was talking shit, but she's been running. She just fucking just gets in the ring and hauls off on Abaddon with the cane. Why? When do you fucking ever see a fucking face take a move like that without being attacked to begin with? You know what I'm saying? All Abaddon's doing is playing head games and Sheeta couldn't take it. She's scared. That's a bad fucking move by your women's champion. She's scared, Tony. She's intimidated. But that doesn't mean you come and running out and hitting her with a cane. You're still the babyface champion. She was there. That's gotta be Kane. She was there to make the save. That's gotta be crazy. See, from what? The girl lost the match. It wasn't like Abaddon was doing anything Abaddon to her. Abaddon went after her and was attacking her after the match. Oh, well, tough shit. Stay out of her business. No, that's when the baby face comes out and saves the day. Yeah, but but Abaddon was backed off at that point, and she was just staring at her, and she fucking cold-clocked her in the fucking eye between the eyes. You would, too, if you were standing face-to-face with something you were afraid of. No, I wouldn't. First of all, I wouldn't fucking got in the ring. Fuck that bitch. You want to wrestle Abaddon? That's on you. No, you're walking around the house in your cane and you go in your kitchen and there's just a dude there. You're going to hit him with the cane. Well, if there's a dude in my house, this is wrestling. It's not comparable. That's Sheeta's house. That ring is her ring. That's her house. She's the AEW women's champion. Big stretch, Matt. Big stretch. Like it, though. Like it. Trying to make it work. And then Abaddon. And then she fucking sat up and Sheeta ran. She tucked her tail between her legs and fucking hightailed it out of there. Yeah, you know she's scary. Good. And I hope Sheeta loses. Forget that nonsense. I hope I want Sheeta to loses Abaddon too. That belt. Abaddon. Tony's, Tony's Abaddon with her. Yeah, I'm, uh, and I'm Abaddon with AEW for the week, except for the fact that I watched Being the Elite and Brandon Cutler fucked up big time because they had their fucking Skittles fucking competition. I don't know if you got to see it for the BTE championship. And they missed, they missed it because Brandon was recording the thing and the battery died on the camera. So they completely whiffed on the entire competition. <laughs> so they had to make it two out of three, which of course, John Silver won the second one anyway. And by the way, uh, Adam Page had a big cowboy party with the dark. I heard, I heard all about, it. I didn't see it. Funny shit, dude. Yeah, I did. I did see like when you go on YouTube, like it pops up, like the, the screenshot is like Adam Page 
on somebody's back. Yes. And then like all the dark order is like, what is watching alongside of it? It was, it was two minutes of highlights from the opening match on dynamite. Right. It was about nine or 10 minutes of the, uh, the inner circle having their cowboy party. There was like two minutes with all the, uh, with all the Hispanic wrestlers where they were mad at the, the, the guy, they said that he needed an intervention because he wasn't like, he was doing too much with Spanglish. I don't know. I didn't understand it. It was fucking yeah. stupid. Honestly. Okay, yeah. That's, that's I, something that's been going on. Yeah, but it was dumb. It was like it didn't make sense, and you couldn't they're, hear them. Like nobody was speaking over them. They're like, the all gonna be home runs. Relax. It was kind of rough, but uh, and then the finale was the uh, the BT championship uh, pitching skittles, skittles, skits, whatever you call it. Uh, well, they they have three huge shows coming up. The December twenty third show is gonna follow a meet dynamite holiday bash immediately after the NBA game, the Celtics and the Bucks, uh, and then on the thirtieth, dynamite. Holiday Bash Night 2 takes place, and then on January 6th, they bring in Snoop Dogg to be the guest commentator. Wow, wow, wow. Yippee, yo, yippee, yay. Why two thumbs down, Tony? Doubles on that. One, WWE is going to be really fucking pissed off. <laughs> two, if you learn anything yeah, from I can't. talk a couple weeks ago, that's a bad idea. It's not, though, because have you heard Snoop Dogg talk about hockey? No, he watches hockey. He went into the booth for an L.A. Kings game, and it was the most entertaining thing I've ever heard in my life. What was he dropping? Any expletives or no, racial? He, Tony, he's not. Don't be get it twisted. He was told to play a. He's was told to play this role on the Mike Tyson fight. You're on pay per view. Be entertaining. Curse. Do whatever you need to do. They're not going to let him do that on TNT. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe Tony Khan watched the Tyson fight and he knows exactly what he's getting. He's going to say, hey, Snoop, go for it. He's or maybe on- Snoop Snoop is on that show with Cody Rhodes and whatever the other chick is. Rosario and that's why they're doing it, because it makes sense. And Snoop is, look, he's the, it's the same, it's the same reason WWE brought him in. People are going to tune in because Snoop's going to be on. Yeah, he had, didn't he have a show with on USA with with Martha Stewart, or was that on E? Or it was on one of the networks of USA or, or Comcast or Xfinity. So you bring him in, and it doesn't help that it doesn't hurt that he's a big celebrity who loves wrestling. Listen, he loves wrestling; it's his job. If someone from TNT or Turner or whatever the heck it is, AOL, I don't who the heck knows what it is. If they say, "Hey, Snoop a Loop, bring your green hat, come to AEW Dynamite, and we'll go streaking through the quads," you do it. If they were smart, somebody would tell him to wear the Undertaker Snoop Dogg shirt to do commentary. for That, that. doesn't exist anymore. I, I think they took that down. They took that down, huh? Ooh, after the announcement, of course I they think did. so. Wow, of course they you, did. They would have been in the dollar bin or something. Yeah. Didn't, remember the time Eric Bischoff talked shit about Vince or the WWE in general? And they put his book in the clearance bin, and it was like fifty cents to buy a copy of it. Probably, who knows? Like, who cares? Like WWE shop to me is like is is a garbage bin all amongst itself. They're doing what they're putting out shirts so much. It's like pro wrestling tees, but less and less and less quality. It's like less and less creative. Pro wrestling tees are print to order, but they're great designs. It's WWE is stupid. Yeah, WWE. If you see a design you like, just give it about three weeks. It'll be on clearance. That's a good yeah. call. Um, moving into the WWE realm, tables last. Oh yeah, TLC this weekend. Goldberg has been all over the place because his the the untold story of the streak, which 
I haven't watched yet. I'm sure it's produced wonderfully, and they tell this great story where you actually might believe he really wrestled 173 matches. Uh, we know he never did. Uh, the idea of him coming back and wrestling Roman Reigns, is that something people want to see? Yeah. I would I would agree with Kevin. No, I was being I totally facetious. I No, I wouldn't. If they can figure out a way to book it the way they booked his matches with Lesnar, yeah. then I'd be interested. I don't want to see it at WrestleMania. But that's yeah. what I that's what I don't want to see. Yeah, I don't I, want to see them wasting Roman Reigns in a title match at WrestleMania with Goldberg. But that being said, does Goldberg bring more eyes to WrestleMania then? Would No. Would No, I and I've been a defender of Goldberg and and bringing him back. It's been too long. It's been way too long now. He what he beat Braun Strowman at WrestleMania or Braun Strowman beat him at WrestleMania. I, I don't I don't care at this point. I really just don't. And this is coming from somebody who defends every single nostalgia act. WWE. If they brought back the NWO tomorrow, I'd be on board. Do it. Let's do it. Goldberg. I'm sorry. He's uh, he's. A, I'm sure he's a great guy. I don't want to see it. I don't care. I don't. Would you rather see Goldberg Roman or The Rock Roman? Oh, the come on. Is that a, that's not a real question, is it? The Rock for the tribe, right. for the battle, the family, whatever the Which fuck may, you want to call it. That makes more sense. If The Rock and Roman wrestle at WrestleMania, there's a story there. Right. And, and, and besides, like and, I understand there were a lot of things that were going on when The Undertaker wrestled Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. There was the age. There was a lack of, you know, readiness for the match. There was the searing heat that was at ringside. But if that's any indication of where Goldberg is now, I don't know, man. And Tony, not to mention, you can bring back The Rock and have him in there with anybody, and I'd be more interested. You could have The Rock wrestle the broom that Eric Bischoff auditioned with 20 years, 30 years ago. The Rock is The Rock. Put him there with anybody. Goldberg, all right. If you want to give me Goldberg Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and I have to suck it up, I'll do it. But give it to me, give me Goldberg somebody else at Fastlane and I'll take it. No problem. No questions asked. Let it ride. Let it be what it is. But at WrestleMania, if it's anything other, and it may not have to be this one, but if you don't give me Rock Roman Reigns and at least one of the next two WrestleManias, then a lot of this story is going to fall flat for everything. Well, I mean, the other thing is, too, maybe they're building up um, Goldberg as a failsafe just in case they can't get The Rock. That's fine. No? And, and the, sto- the to be fair, there is the story there that Roman couldn't wrestle him at WrestleMania. That's fine, but it's... At, at this point, I and I, I probably sang the exact opposite tune last year. But this year, 2021, I, I, Roman Goldberg is not a WrestleMania main event. No, it's just I'm, not. Look, I'm with you. I'll be 100% transparent. I could care less about Roman Re- uh, Goldberg. Uh, Roman Reigns, on the other hand, is a beast and incredibly playing his role well. And so. is, uh, is there any, is there any, have there been any developments with whether or not they're going to have a live crowd for WrestleMania this year? I have heard nothing yet. Yeah, I know. I know very preliminarily 
that uh, Vince Nailed was it. looking to try to do that in Florida somewhere, but who knows? Even if it is at Tropicana Field, because I know that's where they are now, right? Yes, they've, they're yeah. done with the Amway Center. They've moved on to the Trop. Have either of you guys ever been to Tropicana Field? Yes. No. Have they remodeled, revamped, or done anything new to it in the past 20 years? I mean, I was there a couple of years ago, and it was the first time I'd ever been there. I loved it. People, people in the baseball community hate it. Uh, I fucking loved it. It was inside. They, it was air conditioned. Do they still have the beach in the outfield or no? There was not a beach. You might be thinking of Arizona because there's like a beach out in Arizona. In uh, Tampa, they have the Stingray uh, exhibit out in the outfield. All right, but but before before the Rays had, they have their own stadium, right? Yes, the Trop. Okay, but before they did, they used to play at Tropicana Field, no? No, they play sure. at the Trop. That's where they play. The same place we're talking about. Yes. Okay. So years ago, they didn't have the fish tank. They, they the fucking place was dilapidated. I went there their first season. I want to say they played the Yankees, but I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember. They used to have in the outfield and that probably in that same area, like left field, okay. they had yeah. like a beach bar set up. There was like a bar. They had a beach. You could sit like on the sand, watch the game, whatever, if you were at the bar. Yeah. But the fucking building was in terrible shape. Like, there was a torrential downpour, and when you're in that atrium, when you first walk in, the water was just pouring through the ceiling. Like that's how bad it was. Uh, it was not like that when I was there. It was okay. So I yeah, I mean, we're also talking years ago when they made their and you know when they made their MLB debut as a team. So. Right. Long time, long time, well, I was long like, time ago. I'm an old man. I know this. No, it's crazy when you think about expansion teams and how long they've actually been around. Yeah. Uh, so this is what TLC is looking like, and we can pick these later when the week is over, whatever. Uh, Roman Reigns defends his title against Kevin Owens in a TLC match. Ooh. Drew McIntyre defends his title against AJ Styles in a TLC match. That's going to be a good match. Uh, Sasha Banks defends her SmackDown Women's Championship against Carmella. Uh, Randy Orton takes on The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Again? Uh, uh, again. Uh, the Women's Tag Team Championships are on the line as Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defend against the unlikely duo of Asuka and Lana. And the uh, Raw Tag Team Champions, the New Day, defend the titles against the Hurt Business consisting of Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. <laughs> Give me the Hurt Business all day. I'll put, a, I'll put a fin on it right now. That's only $5. Really? That's the only match I'm really interested in. Holy shit. Exactly. I think, I think McIntyre and Styles should be interesting. We never talked about when uh, Adam Pierce called him Drew McInfart. Uh, no, we never talked about that because the show, ha show is happening as we're doing the show. And to be fair, I don't think any of us watch it. So why would yeah. we talk about it? It's yeah. still funny, McInfart. Uh in other WWE news, Vince McMahon apparently threw a fit about the working ability of certain main roster talent, and he said, "Including, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mute, I'm gonna mute, and let Tony go because I feel like Tony's gonna have a whole lot to say about that." Well, you know what? I'm not because it's Vince, and he's probably has his vision, and maybe these wrestlers don't fit that vision, and I don't know how Bruce Pritchard fits into this, but I heard some things that he may have be may have been the impetus to get this ball rolling, but. Look, it's Vince's company. So if he's if he's not fucking happy and he says, Bruce, tell me who's not working the way I like. I don't know. Well, from what I read, it was Bruce said that the the training at NXT is the shits. Well, is this a Meltzer report? Uh, no, I don't actually think I, I saw think it on it Meltzer. I don't um, think it is. But 
long story short, Keith Lee, Otis, Dabo, Dio Madden, and AJ Styles bodyguard Omas. Yeah. I don't know if I'm saying so, yeah, that right. I don't know how to pronounce it. They're taking classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays with Adam Pierce and Drew Gulak at the PC Center because Vince was apparently irate about their working ability. Did you see uh, our dear good friend Shane Helms' tweet? No. About this. About he was kind of defending the company because he's back with the company now. No. So no. he was kind of defending. I don't, I'm, just, I'm just paraphrasing. He was like, when you make it to the big leagues in any other sport, you don't stop working at your craft. This is the point in your life where you work even harder to perfect it, which makes a lot of sense for some of these guys. And maybe for all of them, because I don't know. I don't know what it's like to work for WWE. I don't know what it's like to work for any major company. But Shane Helms went to bat for WWE as a good employee. And he kind of makes sense. If your boss doesn't like the way you work, you don't stop working at it. You go back to, you know, to camp and you go to practice every day and you work. So, Matt, you think this is just Vince being out of touch? To, to Kevin's point and to what Shane Helms puts out there, um, it's your hundred, you know, you're never don't, when you make it to the WWE, you don't get complacent. Um, now, is it the fact that people love Keith Lee? That is, if, if someone said Otis and Dabo and Dio Madden and fucking Omos yeah. or whatever the fuck this guy's name is, they're going to the PC Center. I don't think anyone bats an eye. Right, I agree. But, but I think people, and I think it's, I think it's. There's a couple, as I like to say, spoons in the porridge here. I think it's the fact that the 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 report was Vince threw a fit. So now you see Vince being angry, upset. Um, and if you look, God back, damn it, Bruce. And if you look back a couple months ago, it was it was we're gonna call up Keith Lee. Vince has a hard on for Keith Lee, and then they change his outfit, they change his gear, they change his song. And people are just going fucking banana. Like, what the fuck? Like Pat Patterson. It's a banana. And then this comes. And now I don't. Again, I'm not watching Raw or SmackDown. So I don't know how often Keith Lee is on or if he's being used or if he's winning or if he's losing. Um, I mean, look, the one that you get to the W, you don't stop training. So, I mean, I don't think this is such a terrible thing. You, I agree. It's, it's if the, we've seen if, the video of the PC Center, it's immaculate. You're going to tell somebody, "We pay you. Just go down there and get better. Learn from Drew Gulak and Adam Pierce." Not two men to that are that are bad to learn from. Both of those guys have a world of knowledge. And if, absolutely not. And if Vince, to to play devil's advocate, if Vince is noticing your in ring ability, that means he's watching you. And he's yep. sending you there because he wants you to be better. So yep. maybe he has plans for you. That's a good point. But to play devil's advocate on some of these guys, and again, I don't know anything about Dio Madden or AJ Styles' bodyguard. Otis, I could do without, give or take, whatever. But to play on their support, to support these guys, we, we complain about Vince being out of touch with a lot of, a lot of stuff. Does he know what a worker is anymore? Does he know what a sports entertainer is anymore? Do we know that for sure? We'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's Vince McMahon. He's the almighty. He's done it. He knows. 
but do we know that for sure now that that what he does is right anymore? That's a great question. Right or wrong, it's his company. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. Again, Tony, that's not, that's not the point of the question. The, the point of the question in terms of, of is it fair? Is it a work rate issue? Is it – I mean, again, I'm not going to complain. Go and get seasoning anytime you want. You could be a millionaire, a billionaire. You're still going to listen to people that have done it before you. So I get that. I have no problem with that. But I think the way that it's been portrayed in the wrestling media is a little bit more dramatic than than it might be in, in real life. No, it is because because the minute you mention Keith Lee, it's like, oh, Keith Lee's a star. He's a fucking superstar. He knows everything and everything and anything. And how could Vince McMahon sit there and say that he needs to go? Wow, yeah. I can't even swallow. No, and you're and Tony, you're right. And I and I don't think Keith Lee has been vocal about it at all. I don't think he. He's not. I don't think he minds. He he's, he knows it. Listen, he's been. I just watched the. Did you watch the? I watched the Twenty Four documentary. Guy's been through a lot. Guy knows what. Guy's hustled his entire life. He's struggled his entire life. He's worked. Got denied three times. He knows what he's doing. If this is just another obstacle, Keith Lee is the kind of guy that'll overcome it, and he'll be a world champion one day. No doubt in my mind, he will be. So, kind of threw that out there. There you go. Yeah, it. it uh, I don't know. It's just the internet, the wrestling community going losing their minds. Um, if it's gonna. By the make- way, can I just say, um, if you if you're listening and you haven't had a chance, uh, listen to the three episodes of Something to Wrestle. Bruce Pritchard tells a lot of great stories about Pat uh, about uh, Pat, Patterson. Pat Patterson. Some of them really funny. Some of them like really interesting, like, uh, you know, how they came up with the concept for the Royal Rumble and where his booking ideas come from and things like that. Very good stuff. And a lot of them are highlights from like past episodes, but there's a lot of great like new stories that he tells. And it's over the arc of like three episodes. So it's like tons of great stuff to listen to. Definitely worth checking out. And uh, I guess we'll stay in that ballpark. Uh, unfortunately, we got some awful news last week. Uh, Tommy Tiny Lister. Uh, we all grew up with him as uh, Zeus, the human wrecking, human wrecking machine, uh, was found deceased in his Marina Del Rey apartment at just 62 years old. Um, his manager said he had been been displaying symptoms of COVID in the recent days and had to cancel shooting a film after getting sick. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, police report is being done, but they say. Uh, it was due to natural causes, but we won't know until the autopsy is done. Yeah. But you know him from Friday. You know him from Zeus, uh, No Holds Barred, um, WCW, of course. Uh, he was in The Dark Knight, Next Friday, The Fifth Element, Jackie Brown, Austin Powers, Gold Member, uh, and a bunch more. So, uh, yeah. SummerSlam 89. SummerSlam, well, that's not really a movie, but yes. No Holds Barred, the match. So. Uh, I, I had a brief encounter with him at WrestlePro. And couldn't be nicer. Couldn't be a nicer guy. So it sucks. Not going to pretend like I, I knew him more than I did, but quick handshake. Hello. Couldn't be nicer. So RIP Zeus. Yeah. It's something, unfortunately, I feel like we've done more the last yeah. couple of weeks. Talk about these, these uh, untimely passings. Uh, we'll, we'll go into, we'll run through some new Japan and I know Kevin wants to do games and stuff. Um, new Japan had a full weekend. They had the finals of the world tag league and the best of the super juniors, the super J cup and new Japan strong 
uh, detonation um, was Ooh. happening too. Um, in the World Tag League, the Gorillas of Destiny, they've been to the finals many times. They've never won. They beat Finn Juice. A little help from Kenta. Um, so they will get a tag title shot against Zack Sabre and Taichi at Wrestle Kingdom 15. Gorillas of Destiny versus Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Tangaloa has been all over my social media lately. He's killing reason. it. He's back. He's rocking it. Yeah. Hiromu and El Desperado was your main event. The fucking match was awesome. I highly I recommend it. Hiromu was reaching down deep in his soul. He was trying to really fuck with Desperado. He ripped his mask. Desperado said, I don't give no fucks about my mask. And Desperado took off his own mask. Huge, huge shit. Awesome match. Hiromu wins. Then Hiromu says, before I face Ishimori, I have my eye on the Super J Cup in America. So he wants the winner of that. I like the Desperado taking off his mask thing. It was fucking awesome. Now, I don't know about the tradition in in Japanese wrestling, if this is like a big, like, when we see him for the road to to Wrestle Kingdom, if he still has the mask on, but him take, it was such a fucking cool moment. Uh, He he looks like a badass anyway. Like, leave, like, Uh, leave the mask off. You look like a bad dude. It was fucking awesome. It was so fucking cool. Um, The Super J Cup was uh, Saturday night. Chris Bay, Clark Connors, ACH, TJP, Blake Christian, Ray Oris, El Fantasmo, Leo Rush. Oris Hogan. Uh, El Fantasmo wins for the second year in a row. He beat ACH in the final. Um, you, you forget how much you miss ACH because you haven't really seen him since he left the WWE and had that meltdown. Yeah, and he, had a, he left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths back then. Dude's, dude's fucking awesome in the ring. Awesome. But... Uh, I want to qualify that not for not for leaving WWE, but for everything else after right. that. That his, WWE shit was terrible. That shirt that they made right. was absolutely terrible. No, absolutely. Um, so El Desperado, he wins his second consecutive Super J Cup. He's going to take on Hiromu uh, the first night of Wrestle Kingdom. Whoever wins that gets the Bone Soldier for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Nice. Um, uh, New Japan strong detonation. Nothing really to write home about. Jay White beat Carl Fredericks. Uh, the big match is next week. Brody King against Kenta for the briefcase. And this is what Wrestle Kingdom 15 is shaping up to look like. They announced six matches today. Uh, your boy Naito will defend his uh, double championships against Kota Ibushi on January 4th. Uh, Okada, Will Ospreay. Uh, t- Tony's boy Tanahasho. Takes on the great Okan. Okanada. Uh, uh, tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. take on the Gorillas of Destiny. And uh, Hiromu El Fantasma. That's January 4th. On January 5th, the winner of Naito Obushi takes on Jay White. Uh, they announced Sonata versus Evil. They also announced Shingo defending his never open weight championship against Jeff Cobb. Ooh. Is then, Cobb like a major badass there now? Yes. Like he seems like I see like again I see him popping up a lot. Cobb is also a former never open weight champion, no? Yes. He won that and the TV title at the G1 in 2019, right? He won that and the TV. It was a double title match, remember? Yes. Who yes. did he beat? Uh, Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay was the never open weight champ. 
or Jeff Cobb was the TV champ? I think Will Ospreay was the never open weight. Hold, let me check that. That's right. I mean, I, I'm just trying to, I'm just going off a of memory, but I seem to remember him walking away with two belts. And just like Tangaloa, I'm seeing a lot of like Jeff Cobb popping up all over my social media. And he looks like he got like a heel beard going. He's got like a real like major badass. He's, listen, he's always been a badass, but, uh, but he just looks and it looks like they're giving him more opportunities. Matt? Kevin, Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb. No, you mean Hula Hula the Pineapple Guy. No, stop it. We can't. We can't. That's not. Well, guess what? Hula Hula the Pineapple Guy is in the Empire with Will Ospreay and the Great Ocon. That's what it is. And Tony, to your point, Jeff Cobb was the ROH TV champion when he beat Will Ospreay, who was the never openweight champion. There you go. So Jeff Cobb walked out of the garden with both titles. So, uh. Yeah, I'm super excited. The road to Wrestle Kingdom is uh, on the way, and we have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shows, which will kind of shape the rest of uh, Wrestle Kingdom coming up starting on December 15th. Uh, oh, and I baby. think the a real picks. a lot of picks. I think the real the real question mark is the John Moxley U.S. title and how they work this in with uh, Kenta and the briefcase. Um, he was involved in the finals of the uh, World Tag League. He's defending the, the briefcase against Brody King this Friday night, which was pre-taped a, a ton of long time ago. So it'll be very interesting to see. Not as interesting as Ring of Honor final battle, which we will do picks for. I just It's literally going to come down to an hour before the show starts because, as we all know, uh, EC3, Bandito, Flamita, and Kenny King were all sent home because of COVID. Yep. So there's no Jay Briscoe EC3 match. I don't know what they're doing with the six-man titles now. Uh, they said they're going to announce all this during the first hour. The first hour will be free on YouTube uh, and um, Honor Club, and that's going to feature Tony Deppin against Drake Deeper, Drapper. Jesus Christ. Drake Dak Dak Draper? Draper against LSG against Josh Woods with a four-way match with the winner challenging Dragon Lee. Um Yes. I watched Ring of Honor this week. <clears throat> now, what what, ep- <laughs> Matt, what Matt doesn't care. No, no, I have to I want to I want to know what episode you watched though. It was the one with Vinny and um Matt um Mike Bennett. Okay. So that was depending on where you're watching it, that was last week's episode. Yeah. But we didn't get this week's episode, did we? This week's episode well, I'm on I have Honor Club, so this week's episode comes out on like Saturday. So I watched this week's episode. Okay. No, I watched that one. They had a hell of a match, dude. And then fucking Matt Taven came out, and that other dude came out, and they had a big fucking free for all in the aisle. And he is a- I, and I am him. I Matt Taven. And they had, dude, like you said, the production with the guys being introduced and the backstories and whatnot. Good stuff. Who was the guy in the pure match? I forgot. Oh, God. He was like, he hadn't wrestled there in like eight years. Ocon? Oh, John Walters. John Walters, yes. That was a great match, too. Him and Hot Sauce. Yes. Good stuff. Very good stuff. I was very impressed with the production. Very impressed with the wrestling. Ring of Honor, double thumbs up. I cannot wait for Final Battle. I'm actually off Friday night. So, what's going to happen? I know Roosh is defending his title against Brody King. That is happening. Jonathan Gresham is defending his pure championship against Flip Gordon. 
Flip beat Josh Woods on the latest episode of uh, Ring of Honor in a pure title match. Um, Jonathan Gresham and Jay Lethal. Well, John Gresham's doing double duty. He's also yes. defending his tag titles against a team of Mark Briscoe and PCO, which uh, they beat the Bouncers this week in a fucking crazy match. Every time I see PCO do that bump where he dives off the top rope to the outside onto the apron and he misses every fucking time, he's like 55. What is he yeah. doing? Yeah, he's got to be careful, man. One day he's going to go for that and he's not going to get back up and it's going to be fucking sad. Uh, All right, so PCO and Mark Briscoe are a thing, huh? Yes. Well, Jay, the, Jay story, was the, EC3. the story is right. Jay was going off to find his narrative and wrestle EC3. Well, now EC3's out because he's got COVID or... T- Whatever. Something. So I don't know what they're doing with Jay, but Mark and PCO are a tag team. Uh, if this play, incredible. If Jay plays in the story, I have no idea. Uh, Taven and Bennett take on Vinny and Bateman. Dragon Lee faces the winner of the four-way match at the final battle, Hour 1. Uh, the six-man tag match is probably out because Bandito and Flamita, um, they're not going to be there, um, which sucks because I was really looking forward to seeing them against uh, – Shane Taylor and SOS, the Soldiers of Savagery. Uh, in a pure Ring of Honor, pure rules tag match, the first time ever, Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus take on Fred Yehi and Wheeler, Utah. Yes. Uh, Dan Housen takes on Brian Johnson. And then we'll have to wait and see what they do with uh, the six-man and with the Jay Briscoe match. But I know they bring in alternatives. They bring in substitutions. People who are there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Ring of Honor, I think, has been doing an amazing job. Um, so they announced what yesterday they'll be announcing its new paper. They'll be announcing the new card Friday during the one-hour pre-show. The plan yep. is to create new storyline reasons for all the changes. Um, and Kenny King wasn't on the card, but I'm sure they'll figure something out. Yeah, and if you already have an Honor Club membership, you can still watch that from from there. It's it's free for everyone else, but if you can also watch it on the Honor Club, right, Matt? Absolutely. That is all the newses and notes I have. Games? Oh boy, Kevin! Kevin's, Kevin's all excited. I have two lists, guys, that I want to that I want you guys to choose from. Oh, two! It's like a Tony thing. Well, one of them was from like five hundred that we couldn't do, or something like that. No, no, not from five hundred, but like we couldn't we couldn't fit it into the time. Then I had another one. That I, I kind of want to do both. Tony, pick, we're doing both. Pick one. All right. I had I mentioned the t-shirt gimmick before, but I mean, I want to do the other one. There's been a list in the past where I had the top top five four-man Survivor Series teams. I kind of want to do the top five five-man Survivor Series teams. That would be all the teams. No, because there's four. There are top four ones. But there's, like with any list, there's rules and restrictions. Let's keep it consistent. It doesn't go past 2007. There's no brand supremacy involved. It's just feud, feud, top five teams on paper of all time so when you look at the when you look at the list of the guys and you see the teams you just know that's a good team top five 
five man teams. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, can we go Andre, Butch Reed, Bundy, Rude, one man gang? Matt, this is one that I thought would elude both of you. But it made it. No, it's just a random team. 87 is a random year. It's the first Survivor Series, but it's a random team. Matt, that's number five. Yes. So Matt hits pay dirt at number five. Top five, five man Survivor Series teams. He donk. Are you counting tag team teams as no, well? No. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go across the ring from them. I'm going to go uh, Hulk Hogan. Who was it? Don Morocco, Bam Bam Bigelow, Paul Orndorff, and Kempatera. Yes, Kempatera. Yeah, no. Okay. And and I, I didn't mean to sound dismissive like that. Wow. You I feel like that. Hogan had a lot of. Well, he only had two really bad five man teams. All right, let's but, go. I'm going to stick with that first Survivor Series. We're going Beefer, Jake Roberts. Jib Duggan, Savage, and Steamboat. Tony, I swear to God, I did not let Matt know ahead of time. I did not send him results. That is number four. 1987, Brutus Beefcake, Jake the Snake Roberts, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the Macho Man Randy Savage, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Come on. I mean, at number that's number four. That actually could be number two. T-Donk, throw something at me, baby. No brand supremacy, no Raw versus SmackDown, none of that. It doesn't go past 2007. 2007 is not on the list, by the way, but it doesn't go past that. Wow, there's a lot of dog shit teams. Of people, there's a lot of teams in '88 with some dog shit players on. That's there. exactly why I didn't choose. That's why, like Hogan's team, like the Mega Powers team, with like Hogan, uh, or it was yeah, Hogan Savage, Hillbilly, I think Coco, and like. And Hercules. Yeah, that's not a good. That's not a top five team. But even the other ones, like Jake Roberts' team, has Scott Casey on it. Like, that's gotta be a last minute fill. Like, like Beefcake's team. Uh, the Ultimate Warriors team has fucking Jim Brunell and Sam Houston. And the Blue Blazer, who wasn't anything yet. And I'd love me some Blue Blazer. Oh my god! Like, I don't, I don't know what other years had five men teams. Like, that's the that's the problem. I want, I'll give you some hints. No. 80, 80, 87's done. You have two in the 2000s and one in the 90s. There you go. God. Matt, feel free to jump in if, if yes, Tony's taking Please, Matt, my God. <clears throat> Save me. Wolf, you get it? Yeah. Oh my god, this this is fucking horrid. Oh I I think two are obvious. One is gonna be trouble. Not not the numbers, I'm not giving the order, but one of the three will be trouble. Two uh, should be pretty easy. Let me get can I get the Teamsters? Diesel, Jeff Jarrett, Jim Knighthart, Owen Hart, and Shawn Michaels. Matt is batting a thousand. That is number two on the list. Shawn Michaels, Diesel, Owen Hart, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. What a team on paper that is. Wow. Against the bad guys. 
I was going to go with Guts and Glory myself. Oh, God. Mabel, Adam Bout. Was it the Smoking Guns and... And Lex Luger. <laughs> no. I thought about it only because I saw it. Dude, the Million Dollar Team is atrocious. Like, Jimmy Del Rey and Tom Pritchard are in And the- you know what? They're not even... They weren't even part of the Million Dollar Corporation at that time. It was like... <sighs> This is bad. This is bad. So, all right. So we got the 90s one out of the way. All right. The, the next two are from the same pay-per-view. Tony, you, you want to go or you want me to go? Yeah. Matt's going to get them all. He's going to get them all. All right. Then let Matt run with it. Uh, Team Austin, Booker T, Bubba Ray, Devon, RVD, and Shawn Michaels. Is that? No, I, I didn't include that. Is that like a Bischoff versus Raw? Is that like a Bischoff versus McMahon type deal or a Raw that was, versus... Uh, that was Bischoff uh, versus Austin. I think I got one, Kev. No, I, I didn't include that, Matt. It's all a right. great team and it's all main eventers. I went more... I, I can't even say I went more traditional, but no, I did not include that, Matt. Great team, obviously, main eventers, but no. I got Keep a good one. Team DX, CM Punk, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. T-Donk, Matt may have got three in a row, but T-Donk got number one. It's got to be. It's got to be. That is the most tremendous tagged yep. uh, Survivor Series team on paper ever. And the fact that it was put together still blows my mind. And the reaction they got in Philadelphia, I think it was in Philadelphia, is absolutely incredible. CM Punk, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, Shawn Michaels, Triple H incredible team number one my hands down favorite survivor series team of all time it, it was in philadelphia you're absolutely right and you said the other team was from this show that is correct sir oh there you go was it uh lashley kane john cena rob van dam and sabu matt circles it up connects the dots nails it with the number three on the list correct. john cena rob van dam as much of a piece of garbage he is, Sabu, Bobby Lashley, and Kane. I think that was just such a unique team and so good on paper. Absolutely incredible. I loved that was it. A good one, Kev. Honestly, that was a good one. Props. I wanted to do the t-shirt one too. T-shirt one will be really quick. You guys want to do it? T-shirt one. Yeah. Top five greatest wrestling t-shirts of all time. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. It'll be quick. It'll be quick. Matt, it's up to you. Tony? No, it's up to you. No, I mean, nah, we go ahead, Tony. Top. First answer. Top five wrestling Come t-shirts. On. Austin 316. Austin 316 is number three, T-Dom. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, Hulk rules. Hulk rules? No, not on the list. Hulkamania. That should have been on the list. I forgot it. That's not on the list. What? Yeah, it it should have replaced. Yeah, I forgot about it because this is again. Rem- this is a list that I had like three weeks ago, and I just redid it today. Is, is the Kurt Hawkins streak shirt on the list? <laughs> that's that's four through one. Uh... Oh, you know what? Hulkamania is on the list. I have Stone Cold Steve Austin twice, so Hulkamania is on the list. All right, well, Hulkamania you- is number three. Also, three sixteen is number five. Hulkamania is number three. The NWO. NWO was number two. And these are all WWF or these are anywhere? Well, NWO wasn't WWF. Well, technically, yeah. No, it wasn't. Stop it. Um, 
Yes, WWF, Tony. Both are WWF. Okay, well, there you go. The last two are WWF? Correct, sir. All right. Is there I'm a- thinking the Macho Man shirt with the glasses. Number four. Uh, what are we missing? Number one? Number one, that's it. Is it a John Cena shirt, Never Give Up? No, no, stop, stop, stop. Stop, stop. stop. You should give fucking up. Austin 316 at four. Not Austin 316 was at five. Oh, five. Is shirt with the fist? Wait That's till you hear number one. You guys will agree. The DX shirt. Nope, no DX. God damn. It's so simple, but it's so great. Shining Wizards. Oh, that's that's one plus. Pink, pink and black. Did Bret Hart have a cool shirt? No, right? He had good shirts, but he's not on the list, and he's my favorite wrestler of all time. Bret or Owen? I mean, Bret, but Owen's like, it's like 1A and 1B. It's really, really close. But Bret, because Bret was first. Oh, my God. Guys, this is the best. I think this is the greatest shirt of all time. WWF. Is it the Hot Rod t-shirt? It is the Hot Rod t-shirt. Wow. Tell me there's not a better shirt in the world than that Roddy Roddy Piper t-shirt. That's a classic, man. Correct. Ding. Matt, like, I don't know if he's got some sort of, you know. No, Matt was on fire tonight. Silver helmet gimmick going on or what? But he saw me coming. Shit, that's nice. That's fucking loud. You got questions? I got tons of questions. All right. So let's, let me loot. Matt, this will be faster than that list. Some of these are harder than fucking eating bean boozles and hot chocolate. So I'm going to save those for the, uh, for the tiebreaker. So I'm, I'm going to pull up Google. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do options. This I'm going to do options today. Kev, we'll start with you. Not great. Oh, these are good. Your two categories to choose from. The unposable first, which has nine possible answers. Or hardcore world and more, which has 11 possible answers. Kev, your choice. Unposable is very intriguing. But because I think I know what hardcore might be about. Um... Oh my god! But I am intrigued by the unposable. Let's go unposable. Let's risk it. Kev, the very first series of LJN wrestling figures were contained nine of the WWF superstars. We're not counting tag sets because I have no idea what years those were released. So we're talking singles wrestlers that were part of the first LJN series back in 1987, whatever year it was. Kev, there's nine of them. How many can you name? All of them. Whoa, what? Matt, comment? Uh, No comment. Kev, there are nine in the unposable first release of the LJN series wrestling superstars figures. Whenever you're ready, sir, you said you could name all nine. Andre. Andre is one. Big John Stud. John Stud is two. Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik is three. Snooka. Snooka is four. 
Oh, fuck. Uh, Nikolai. Duh. Nikolai Volkov is five. Piper. Piper is six. Did I say Hogan? Hogan. You did not. That's seven. You want me to give you the ones you said already? No, I'll figure it out. You have seven. You need two more. Oh, God. Do I want to get one wrong? Fuck. No. Oh, uh, um, 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 um. Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly Jim makes eight. You have one more. Can, all right, so give me the ones that I, I got already. You have mentioned so far, no particular order, Andre the Giant, Big John Studd, Hillbilly Jim, Hulk Hogan, Iron Sheik, Jimmy Snuka, Nikolai Volkov, Roddy Piper. You're missing one. And if I get it wrong, oh, Junkyard Dog, duh. Kevin! You ran the table, didn't even give Matt a chance. Score one for you, sir. I'm surprised I got Junker Dog was the stumper. I thought Hillbilly just came out of nowhere. No, that, and that was the those were the original nine. I've now they had tag sets, but I have no idea when those were released. I couldn't find any credible information. One of my first. I actually have Iron. When I got Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, it was a tag set when I got him as a gift years and years and years ago. I'm going to give Matt the other question that I brought up because I have tons of other stuff, but I want to hold on to those for now because I think those are good questions as well. But I, I want to go with this one because I think, uh, I, I mean, it's fair because I gave you the option. So then we'll give Matt the other question. Matt, your question. The category- I was so close to going Greg the Hammer Valentine, by the way. Very close. And George Animal Steel. It's a very good thing you didn't. Hardcore World Gold and more. Matt, this is reference to ECW, not WWECW. This is running from Eastern Championship Wrestling all the way through its closure in March 2001. These are the 11 ECW World Champions that at some point in their careers also won some sort of gold in the WWF slash WWE. This does not count WWE CW. This is strictly ECW former world champions that also won some sort of gold in WWE. So, so I, 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 I'm so winning a WWE CW championship doesn't count. No, it doesn't. Okay. They may have done that, but that does not count. So like if it. somebody that just won w, the WWE CW World Championship, that's not going to count. I like it. I like it. Matt, there's 11 of them. How many can you name? I have six. Kevin, Matt says he has six. Question to you. Can you beat that? Repeat the, 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 the parameters of the category one more time for me, please. These are people that won the ECW World Championship. Now, that could also be Eastern Championship Wrestling. That could be, you know, uh, NWA, ECW. Anything under that parameter of the ECW Championship. 11 men who held that championship in whatever iteration also won some sort of gold in WWF slash WWE. Oh, God. 
can, we, can we have another action figure question, please? Uh, six. six. Uh, one, two, three. So, I don't think that's one. I don't think that's one. I'm sorry, man. I did. Uh, oh, okay. That's one. One, two, three, four. All right, take your time. Um, so, world champion. That okay. All right. That's one. That won a WWE title, some sort of WWE title, and world ECW champion. Um, no, that's not one. Oh, that's one. One, two, three, four, five, six. I can go seven. Matt, Kevin says he can go seven. I will run the table. Of course he can. He definitely definitely can. Matt, 11 ECW champions that also won gold in the WWF slash WWE. You said you can name all 11. Whenever you're ready, sir. The Rock. Don Morocco. Don Morocco is also a WWF Intercontinental Champion. That's one. That's a great pull. Tito Santana. Tito Santana, former IC and Tag Champion. That's two. Drunk Terry <sighs> Funk. Drunk Terry Funk won the WWF Tag Team titles with Mick Foley. That's three. Uh, the franchise, Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas, a former IC champion for a cup of coffee. That's four. Uh, Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn, former light heavyweight champion. That's five. Uh, Just Incredible. Just Incredible, former hardcore champion. That's six. Uh, Raven. Raven, former hardcore champion. That's seven. Uh, Rhino. Rhino, former hardcore SmackDown tag and WCW United States champion. That's eight. Uh, Taz, brother. Taz, former tag and hardcore champion. That's nine. You have two left. Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer, former hardcore and WWE CW champion. But the hardcore covers it. That's 10. And Mike Awesome. Matt runs the table. Mike Awesome, a former hardcore champion. Unbelievable! That's that. That's that's incredible. That's just that's incredible. A fucking banger right there. God, I had. I I would have never thought about Don Morocco or Tito, even though I know that that happened. But I also had had Cactus Jack on the list, which wouldn't have happened. But do you man, guys great be, job. You guys want me to be cruel, <laughs> really cruel, or insanely cruel? I like insanely cruel. Oh, are you serious? Kev, it's your chance. Yeah, I will walk away from insanely cruel if you say so. Uh, of course I say so. Why would I, wa- why would I want insanely cruel? I'm terrible at this. So what do you want, Kev? You want cruel? You want sort of cruel or insanely cruel? Or more cruel or more cruel? I want the easiest question you have, Tony. I think that would be All right, cruel. So I'm going for the middle one then because I'll split the difference between the two of you. This one, I hope we didn't do this one already. I have a feeling we did, but I don't think we did it with this particular play. I can't keep track. 
this yeah, this one might be too much. But this this will be fun. This will be it's fun. like thirty answers. No, there's only twelve. It's called the magic of the PPV Garden. Twelve pay-per-views in professional wrestling. I think we did do this. One of them was not pay-per-view, but it was a uh, close circuit. But we'll count that one as well. We did a Philadelphia one. I know that. I know, but I don't think we did a New York one. Twelve wrestling pay-per-views <sighs> held at Madison Square Garden. I think we did do this actually. Did we do this one, Matt? I don't know. We did a Philly one, and I think we did this one too. I know we did a Philly. I wasn't sure if we did this one. I could skip this one and go for another one. I think we did. All right, you know what? I'll skip it. I got I got another one in the pocket. You want me to go really cruel? <laughs> I'm going really. Cruel. At this point, listen. I, I know. I'm, I listen. I know what the outcome of this is. So let's just do it. Tony, you're the host. You pick. You rule. That's right. I just got. I just got to number them out real quick. I didn't have them numbered out. Okay. Okay. This one's called the guiding light. Oh boy. Right. Throughout his illustrious career as a manager, Captain Louis Albano has led not only 16 tag teams to gold, but also led three singles wrestlers to gold. We have a total of 16. Yeah. Wait, 16 possible answers. No. So there was 13 tag teams and three singles to gold. In the World Wrestling Federation slash WWWF. 16. <laughs> this is tor- you're the worst. Tony, you're the you're the absolute worst. All right. Let's see how it goes. Kev, I'm gonna start- Where did this where did this idea come from, by the way? I, I was in a particularly cruel mood when I was looking for questions, and I thought this one would be a great tiebreaker. This one is going to be damn near impossible to even probably get eight of them. Yeah, but probably. I'm counting singles wrestlers. As far as my list here, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Wait, let me count them again. Hold on one second. One, two. Who did I miss? Hold on, hold on. I'm get. I'm just getting the number. I want to give you the. Okay, I. Oh, no, okay. It's 13 tag teams and three singles wrestlers that Captain Lou Albano managed to gold. There was one team he took over as a manager after they won gold. If you guess them, huh, I doubt it. I will count that. It will not count against you, but it will. you will not count as a point, but it will not count against you in getting the right answers. Kevin, 16 possible answers. How many can you name? I have four off the top of my head. Matt, Kevin says an impressive four. I have six. Matt has six. Wow, you guys are a lot better than I thought you'd be. I have seven. Kevin has seven, Matt. Wait, we need a little, we need some tense music. Yeah, something, please. Kevin's up to seven, right? Uh, One, two, three, four. All right, so seven just shrunk. <laughs> now I have seven. Matt, it's only sixteen possible answers. I have nine. Matt has nine. Good Lord Almighty! Uh, is he bluffing? 
He's got more than half of them, according to his number. Well, he thinks he has more than half. This could be the cruelest question I've ever come up with. It's not a bad question. No, it's cruel, dude. It's cruel. It's really not that bad. It's pretty cruel. <laughs> like, if you knew, like, like, if you know the era. That's the thing. You've got to know the era. There's a lot of them in this era. Matt's going to get this, I think. Matt's up to nine. Matt's up to nine. I don't think I'm going to be able to top nine. You going to let Matt answer the question. Yeah, well, Matt, Matt's going to get it because he's he's going to get it. So I'll let him do it. Matt. But can I just say what what I have? And if Matt, or I'll let Matt say what he has, and I'll just say if I had it or not. We'll wait until the end and then just mark yeah. him off if Matt has him. Yeah, well, let, let Matt just go through. Yeah, Matt's going to get it. It's, it's, it's a clear, obvious. Matt, Lou Albano has led 13 tag teams and three singles wrestlers to championship gold. Singles wrestler. Oh, fuck. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Go. Sure, Kev? You want to give Kevin a chance to rescind? Nah, I'm not going to rescind. I got 10 on my list, so. All right, so are we... You want to give Kevin a chance? Kev, you want to change your mind? I'll give it a shot. Kevin, how many are you saying? Not not, not 10. <laughs> then it's up to Matt. Matt said nine. Yeah, Matt, go, go for it, Matt. Go for it. Do it. Uh, Don Morocco. Don Morocco, he led to the Intercontinental Championship. That's did, one. Did not have that. Uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Also to the Intercontinental Championship. That's two. Had that. Uh, Ivan Koloff. That's a good pull. Let How him- the fuck did you get Ivan Koloff? That's three. You have six more to go. I read I read a lot, Kevin. <laughs> uh, the U.S. Express. Mike Rotundo and Barry Windham. Uh, son of a bitch. Four. That's one that should be on my list. I forgot Five about that. Four, Matt. Five more to go. Uh, the Head Shrinkers. Head yeah. Shrinkers. That's five. The wild- yeah, I'm going to kick myself over the U.S. Express. The yes, wild- that's five. The Wild Samoans. Wild Samoans, three-time champions. That's six. Uh, the I British bet. Bulldogs. British Bulldogs, that's seven. Uh, the Moon Dogs. Moon Dogs, that's eight. Matt, you are one away. Add that. Uh, the Blackjacks. The Blackjacks is nine. Matt, you have done it. I had a question mark next to this one. This was the Wendy Victor? Th- no, because I already named the three single guys. Is Wendy Victor on that list? Is does she count? Does Captain Lou Albano count as managing? No, because he no, because he was managing um later who... Oh, he was on the other side. Okay. Yes. He was with Mula and Leilani Kai at that point. I had Fuji and uh Mr. Saito. Fuji and Mr. Saito, yes, on the list. I had the Valiants. The Valiants on the, Valiants the list. Too. And that was, and yeah, I, everything else other than a couple that Matt mentioned, I, I forgot. All right. I got one. Anybody else? I got one written on here. 
and I'm not sure, but I okay. know they had a manager. Andre? No, it's a tag team. Uh, and I didn't know. I don't know if it was Albano or Blossy, the masked executioners. The executioners was Captain Lou Albano. They were all-, all right, Matt. No fucking way. No way. I'm calling bullshit all over the place on the masked executioners. Why? The team you missed. Who the team you didn't get. Kev, you have any other guesses? Either one of you got any other guesses? I said the Valiants. I said no. I got nothing. Okay. So. Uh, Crazy Luke Graham and Tarzan Tyler, Baron Mikel Sikluna and King Curtis Ikea. I, there had to have been an Italian on there. There had to have been UConn an Italian on that list. Yukon Eric and Yukon Pierre. Yukon Eric, wow. The other tag team that he did manage was the Mongols, Beepo and Gito, which of course was Nikolai Volkov, but they were champions when he took over managing them so i didn't want to count them but i wouldn't have penalized you if you got those that's your answers didn't he manage the machines did the machines ever they never held the belts right oh the machines never won the tag belts wow good job matt that was a hell of a game but two to one matt wins it matt are you going to be challenging kate anytime in this century or are you going to wait for another 400 years i will challenge anyone I might have to bring in a special guest to challenge you for Christmas next week. Bring it on. Bring it on. I got a stack of fucking PWIs going back to 1980. I was impressed. Listen, Matt's the man. Let's be honest. He's the man. But I'll tell you, Kev, you had most of what Matt had. I think you you honestly could have made a run at that question. Uh, and the the fact that the two of you both ran the first two questions, that's very impressive. But you, you could see his confidence. Like wrestling figures, like for the most part, I'll be okay. Especially LJNs, because I literally just went through my collection. So I kind of had a, a feeling. But Matt, the, the the two questions that he nailed are, are pretty good. I would have f- totally forgotten about Don Morocco, and I would have totally forgotten about Tito Santana. What that happens was, is... That was not an easy question at all, I don't think. What happens is I go down these weird rabbit holes. Like last yes, last night I was watching the Super J Cup, and I wanted to see all the guys that won the Super J Cup. So I looked it up on Wikipedia, and then I want, then I clicked on this guy, and I click on this guy, and I see. I'm just fascinated with everything. Yeah. Like, did you uh, did you know a, Muda Muda is going to challenge for the fucking, I think it's the All Japan or the Pro Wrestling Noah Championship, like in the next couple weeks. The, the great Muda. Yeah. That's what I said. KG Moto. Yep. All right. No, I did not know that. That's Crazy Town USA, and I found that out. Huh? You're, God, I'm looking at this list of the Captain Lou tag teams. Oh. Ah, great, great effort. Listen, I think if we did a bar trivia, wrestling trivia, there'd be no stopping us. I don't I disagree just- with that. Oh my! That's right. In your face. There you go, Tony. Get it out. Let's do it. Let's close the show with some some drops. Ooh, ooh. She said what? She said yeah. I said no. No, she's got a stinky asshole, and he's got those smelly balls. I know. All right, this is the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, episode 511 in the books. We pull this train into the station. We'll be da- back next week with, I guess, our Christmas show. Yay! Uh, we have Moonshine Mantel joining us next week. Uh, at, oh, yeah. 
I gotta look up what time, but I think it's either 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Uh, he's one of the fastest rising independent wrestlers out there, uh, and it's definitely somebody to check out. He's very much in the same uh, build as a Jake something. He's a fucking hoss that can move, so uh, I'm excited to talk to him next week, and I guess we'll have a Christmas a spectacular next week. Uh, real quick, Turnbuckle Throwbacks will be celebrating their Christmas episode Friday. I plan on joining them at some point around 10 o'clock. Uh, they're always live on Facebook. They're going to be live on the rant. Uh, I don't know if uh, Matt and Kevin are going to have a chance to join in, but I will definitely be there. So please check those guys out. Sucks we all can't get together this year, but we're going to do what we can. I will be watching enough. Final Battle, so uh, stick it up your ass, Phil. Hey, Doc, if, if, if it's, this, it's this coming Friday... <laughs> I love yes. how uncomfortable oh. Tony gets. Listen, I got. What do you mean? If I, if I'm not winning money playing poker online, I'll join. Yeah, I plan on calling in after like nine thirty, ten o'clock around. Calling now. in? What do you mean calling in? They're not going to have you actually on like a Zoomish thing. Well, they. Oh, because they actually get together. That's right. They've been getting together, so I don't know what their setup's going to be. Yeah, fuck them. Whoa. Jesus. No, just because I, I, I want to, if I want to zoom, I can't zoom. You could zoom a zoom all you want. I don't just right. know what the setup's going to be. You got to talk to Phil Dawn. All right. Talk to He's our favorite. Crazy creepers. Yeah. All right. All right. That's it. We'll be back next week. Thanks to Miko Maestro for joining us. He's going to eat all the reindeers and all the Domino's pizzas in the world and solve all the world hunger problems. This is me and Nelly. Shout out to the New York, New Jersey hitmen. The hitmen rule the roost. Thanks to everybody joining us on the Facebook tonight. And uh, thanks for downloading us. And thanks for supporting us, everyone. We appreciate it. Cute little kitty. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Exclusively here on the Rant. Rantiumradio.com. Facebook.com. Backslash Wizards Exclusively on the Rant and everywhere else. Yes. (laughs) We're live, pal. See ya. And we are off of the face space.